Hello, promoters, and welcome to another episode of Roll Up, the official Filsinger Games podcast. I'm Sam Fain, your co-host, joined by Todd Gershel, the tournament master. Todd, how are you? I'm doing great. Today was an awesome day. Why was it an awesome day? <laughs> well, as many people do know in the Filsinger Games community, especially those who have traveled with me to Galacticon, I know that I'm a big Taco Bell fan, <laughs> and today was the return of the Mexican pizza. So uh, it's very, you know, I got, I got my order in, you know, I think I was the first person to order one at my Taco Bell and uh, <laughs> it was wonderful. I, I'm wearing my Alex Zane shirt here today in honor of that as well. Who's the uh, Taco Bell wrestler. Yeah. Body by Taco Bell. I love That's it. Right. That's right, baby. Uh, that is fantastic. Uh, you know, my sister's favorite, uh, piece of cuisine from Taco Bell back in the day was the Mexican pizza. Um, I, you know, it was never my thing, but I'm, I'm glad that people are excited. I have a good friend of mine and he and I used to get Taco Bell all the time in college, uh, mostly because they were open late, which meant that, you know, ill-advised or not, uh, at, at about two o'clock in the morning after, after some beers or, or whatnot, it was easy enough to just run to Taco Bell and get a meal and, uh, eat and then fade off to happy land. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Taco Bell, Taco Bell was, was always big for me, uh, back in the day. Um, I haven't had it in quite a while now, but yeah, I mean, I, I used, I mean, I still, I mean, I still have it probably more often than most people, but I used to, I mean, that used to be, my Monday night wrestling tradition, I would go and get Taco Bell and then, and watch Monday night raw. This is even like when I was on like big diets and stuff like that would be my cheat meal would be going to Taco Bell on Monday and then, and watching Monday night raw. So nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The last time that I was, uh, um, out of town doing like regional theater, um, cause yeah, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I'll, I'll be very brief, but like one of the things about, um, a lot of larger markets like Chicago, New York, LA, et cetera, uh, a, a lot of time that you spend as an actor is actually out of town. Um, because a lot of regional theater companies based all across the country will oftentimes bring in actors from those bigger cities because, you know, it looks good. And like you, you put that in your program. It's like Chicago actor, Sam Fain, you know, that sort of stuff or whatever. So anyway, uh, the last gig that I had where I was, you know, working at a regional theater out of town, uh, that was kind of one of my traditions, uh, because the show that I was doing was super intense. It was probably like not quite the best shape I've ever been in in my life, but pretty damn close. And I had, a, I had a big sword fight at the end of the show. And so I was running every day and I'm lifting this big, you know, bastard sword every night and, you know, doing all this sort of stuff. So I was in great shape, right? I probably would have been in even better shape except for the fact that every night after the show I would stop by Taco Bell and I would get like a quesarito and I'd go home and eat the quesarito maybe drink a beer or two and then you know then pass out and you know sleep till noon if I could but uh uh it was good times it was good times so that's the last time I was eating Taco Bell consistently the last time I actually had it though it's been it's been forever now that I'm a vegetarian like a lot of fast food places it's hard you know it's it's hard to like well that's I think that's Taco Bell has always been a big vegetarian friendly restaurant in fact it, it was a vegetarian who started the um was it the change.org petition to yeah. get the Mexican pizza back, like started the whole thing. It was a vegetarian because it's like one of like a big, you know, thing with it. You just take the meat out of it. And it's still like pretty much the same thing. That's hilarious. I had yeah. no idea. I had no idea. I just, I, for me, Taco Bell was always about the meat, especially like the steak and, and the chicken and stuff. Like I didn't really do the ground beef. I worked at a Taco Bell for a while. Oh, and okay. after you've, and after you've like scooped up some of that ground beef and found like 
cowhide in it, you're just kind of like, oh yeah. You don't don't be telling me that. No, no, no. Uh, sorry. No. K K Fabe here. K Fabe. Let's go. <laughs> Taco Bell's amazing. I still love Taco Bell. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I had a buddy of mine. He picked up like three of them today. So uh, uh, I, I'm I'm happy that that people are enjoying it. It's 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 good to have things to be happy about. That's for damn sure. Um, what else is happening in the world? Uh, well, we've got our teasers, and this past Friday night we had a teaser for the Enhancement Four Pack. The final teaser because it was a tag team. Yep, the Mulkies. Um, Talk about that. You, you you had a hand in getting these guys in, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I reached out to uh, Randy Mulkey on Facebook and uh, and talked to him a, a couple times on the uh, on the phone. And uh, yeah, no, he, him and his brother were all in on that. They thought it was uh, great to to be involved with that. So uh, yeah, very very happy to to have the Mulkeys as as uh, part of the set. You know, when it came to kind of coming up with the enhancement, this whole enhancement talent um you know idea for this four pack uh that was they were kind of the linchpins for it for me right so that's just like all right if we're going to do this we need like an enhancement talent tag team and there's nobody who you think of more so than the monkeys when it comes to to a tag team so once we got them on board we were like okay we're full steam ahead that's going to be the four pack at this point so. yeah I love it. I, I you know, what a wonderful uh, addition, and I, I think you know this this four pack really, really just just ups the ante when it comes to having enhancement talent um, in in your fed, and I, I think it's cool because now you know if you run like a smaller kind of territory like I usually do, you don't have to necessarily just use the same like you know two three guys or whatever over and over and over again. Um, it's easier to cycle people in, and 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 uh, I, I I really love it. I, I think it's fantastic, and I think having you know an actual tag team, even though some of the guys that we already have have tagged together before and whatnot, sure. and it's easy enough to just make de facto teams if you want but anytime you get a real you know real life tag team in there i think it's always a lot of fun and um it'll be interesting to see what the cards look like i know there was some uh, some talk on the boards about how no one had ever seen them do like more than three moves and uh chad had said that there <laughs> you know were some li- liberties taken uh in the creation oh for cards, sure yeah, so, definitely, yeah um but it'll be a lot and i will say their their stats pretty bad <laughs> pretty pretty bad uh in fact i was like hey can we maybe just make this guy maybe just a little bit better here just you know just just a tad in here but uh uh but yeah they're they they will be a uh, good fodder uh for whatever tag team you want to put them up against and you know god bless you if you ever want to run the match against each other uh that 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 could be interesting there so yeah uh, I think I'm going to stick to feeding him to teams like the Sheep Herders and the Midnight Express and, you know, etc. Et uh, rinse, wash, repeat. Well, well there was a, a match that was posted uh, on, I think, the, was on the Facebook group uh, that was, or maybe it was on the boards, but that was uh, a match the Monkeys actually won. Yeah. Against the Gladiators. I mean, I had no idea that they beat Burt Massacre. I mean, that was you know, pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, it's funny because they do have a few uh, wins under their belt um, yeah. here and there. Uh, it, it, it was great how they won that match, though. I, I did say it's a very short you know, TV match. And basically it involved like the one guy picking it up and then stumbling over the other guy and then just being pinned. So you know, <laughs> there were still no offensive moves and they still got the pin. So it was uh, that's fantastic. Um, well, welcome. 
welcome to Bill and Randy, the Mulkey brothers, uh, you know, and, and obviously grateful that they signed on and, you know, thank you for reaching out to them because again, you know, as Mike has said before, we want everybody and, and anytime we get the opportunity to add new names to the game, it's always a thrill. So, uh, I look forward to seeing how people decide to use them. Um, again, I know I'm going to bring them in, uh, pretty much as soon as, you know, as soon as I have the cards, because it'll be a lot of fun to, to run some matches where, um, you know, I'm sure they, they, they meet a quick end. Um, yes. Now, the the next tease that we had on Monday, I'm actually going to skip for right now. I want to circle back to it so we can talk just a little bit more uh, about it. Um, not to give short shrift to the, the others necessarily, but I think we'll have a little bit more to say. Uh, so for Wednesday nights, which of course is tomorrow since we record on a Tuesday, uh, we are doing the prime names for the indies side of things. And we're going to show the art and announce... Um, the bounty hunter, um, Brian Keith, which is super exciting. Um, I, this is a guy that, uh, I signed and Zeke signed. Uh, we, we kind of signed him twice, uh, on accident and, uh, you know, it all worked out in the end. Um, I, I had signed him first actually by way of Matt Charlton. He was one of the names that, that Matt kind of hooked me up with. Um, and, and then Zeke, uh, ran into him, you know, a few months after that and was talking to him and Brian was like, Oh yeah, I, I think, I think I did this, but I don't know if I signed anything or whatever. And, you know, he hadn't signed a physical piece of paper at the time. He had just sent me a scan of it. So I guess that there was maybe some miscommunication and whatnot, but Zeke signed him again, uh, which is awesome. So, uh, we, we know for sure that we have Brian Keith. Um, Brian Keith is, is phenomenal. I really believe that. I think he's the type of guy that if you go and you watch some of his matches, maybe from like, you know, three, four years ago, you'll like him. You'll think like, oh yeah, that guy's good. What he's turned himself into, uh, as far as I'm concerned, over the past year or two, uh, is just one of the best wrestlers on the indies. Uh, I, I love his work. I think he's got a great character. Um, he matches up well with just about anybody he gets in the ring with, and uh, he's held titles, you know, throughout the South, uh, in particular in, in Texas. Um, and he's just a great, great addition to the indies line. Yeah. Um, yeah. De- I mean, I definitely like the look a lot. I, I you know, I like with the, with the hat and the, uh, I don't know what you call that, the cloth that he's wearing there. Um, Oh poncho, yeah. Poncho maybe. I yeah, guess? yeah. 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 Like the Clint Eastwood poncho there. Like the Clint yeah, Eastwood yeah. poncho. Yeah. I love the look of that. You know, and, uh, yeah, he did, uh, help, uh, yeah, I, I did find one, picture online that was like more of a close-up and then brian uh did send us a, like a better shot there which is what we use i think it came out the art came out fantastic uh nice. i you know unfortunately i am not too familiar with him just kind of given the area of the country he where he's wrestled a lot but i have started seeing him pop up in some more places now i did see that he was just at black label pro yep um like a week or so ago at there was i think the fancy wrestling show i think he was at that one uh, and just starting to see him pop up a little bit more on some different IWTV stuff. So, so I think we'll we'll start to see a little bit more of him for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was recently here in Chicago not too long ago, actually, uh, with Freelance as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he's he's making the rounds. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, most of the stuff that he had done had, had been in Texas originally. But um, over the past year or so, uh, especially since the you know the pandemic had, had opened things up uh, or, or, well, closed things down and now things are opening back up. Uh, he's been he's been going all over the place, you know, California, uh, New York, New Jersey, Chicago, uh, Ohio. So, um, yeah, I, I look forward to his star 
rising because I think it's I, I think it should. And uh, I again, I'm just really thrilled to have him in the game. I think it's cool because when he was initially signed, when I initially signed him, I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know who he was at all. And um, when I kind of went and watched a couple of his matches, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm glad we got this guy. And then I think it was Mania Weekend 2020 um, when I saw a few of his matches, and I was just like, holy smokes, this guy's great. Like we gotta. You know, we, we really got to get this guy in. Um, and then, uh, or it might have been 2021. Yeah, it wasn't 2020. It was 2021. Uh, so it was a little... Yeah, there wasn't a heck of a lot going on in 2020. Right, right. Yeah. Anything, so. yeah, 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 yeah. No, so it was a little, little over a year ago, 2021. I remember, too, because uh, uh, Hattie, um, she wasn't watching... TV back in, in 2020, but, uh, in 2021, uh, she was. And so she saw some of, uh, the, the, the indie shows with me actually that weekend. That's when she fell in love with, uh, Weber Hatfield. So, um, anyway, uh, so super excited to have him in the game. Um, I think, uh, we've got some other great names as well. And Todd, do you want to go ahead and announce those names right here, right now on the podcast? Yeah. So, uh, the other two names that will be uh, part of this set, um, you know, one is going to be kind of going, you know, we kind of have usually in Q2, we kind of have go a little bit of a theme with some of the different, um, you know, holidays or, you know, uh, things of significance in the month. So in, in June, I know a lot of times we've done, uh, some father's day, uh, type, um, themed cards, uh, and with the Indies, it's usually more of a, um, of a son or daughter of a legend. And uh, we definitely have one for this. And that is uh, Wes Briscoe will be joining. uh, How do we get that guy in the game? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Somehow I think we figured out some connection to his dad. I have no idea how, but you know, somehow that worked out. Uh, I love it. Uh, and then also uh, in the Indies, we usually always do the, some, uh, some type of card that is uh, in relation to Pride Month, uh, which is also in June. And so as part of that, uh, we have one uh, uh, person that I've been really interested in getting into the game, and that is Dark Sheik. Yeah. Um, so Dark Sheik, um, you know, is the, uh, I think, kind of mostly came to prominence first with kind of running the Hood Slam promotion out in uh, in Oakland, uh, but has really been taken off recently in GCW and some other places as well. Uh, and she's pretty awesome. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm super, super excited uh, to, to have her in the game. And I, I think, um, you know, just all you got to do is check out any of her matches. Um, and that's, that's, that's all you need to know about dark Sheik. So, uh, really cool. Been around for a long time, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't realize how long she had been. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, wrestling a lot, obviously out on the West coast, but, um, you know, pretty much everywhere. Uh, and like you said, uh, a lot for, for GCW actually just, uh, recently picked up a victory over Joey Janela, uh, on GCW. And, um, I, I think is, is someone that it's it's lovely to have them in the game, lovely to be able to kind of you know pay tribute to their work and and of course to to be able to honor her during uh, Pride Month with the card. I think is super cool as well. Um, and I know is friends with last year's uh, uh, Prime um, uh, uh, card for Pride Month, which was Edith Edith Surreal. So uh, pretty cool there. In fact, uh, Dark Sheik was on uh, Edith Surreal's um, episode of. Um, the life of on IWTV. So if you check that out, you'll oh, cool. get to, to see them hanging out. Um, 
I, I, you know, I think that if, if you're not subscribed to Prime, uh, I really can't recommend it enough. And, and this isn't just me like shilling for the company or anything. I just think that there's been some remarkable cards released uh, through Prime, whether it's the Indies uh, or, of course, Legends. And I, I mean, absolutely, COTG. Um, I think that the, the foundation... Um, for the project that Todd and I are now working on, um, it was, was really kind of, uh, shored up through prime releases. Uh, and, and of course, you know, Kronos as well. And there's been a lot of really cool, uh, future shock stuff, uh, in there. And, and, and the project, of course, that Todd and I are working on now, we'll also see all of its releases through prime. So, um, just, just an excellent way to, you know, round out the card for your legends fed or your indies fed and, and really essential, you know, if you're running any of the, um, you know, rest of the multiverse so to speak of champions of the galaxy it's a pretty um, good uh, pretty good explanation there yeah. <laughs> and uh and i will say that speaking of that the teaser that was produced on monday uh, was not necessarily a reveal of, of a specific wrestler or talent for ftr which is going to be the prime release but uh was certainly a bit of a tease for the whole feel um of of the cards of the set, uh, if you will, that, that that's coming and and the booklet that will be released, which the first draft, uh, rough draft of the booklet is is complete. Um, you know, I, I'm somebody that that works pretty slow in the build up to getting that first draft done, and then uh, you know pretty much just edits furiously afterwards, and will churn out you know three or four more drafts in the span of a week or so. Um, so that that'll that that process has already started for me. Um, what a blast to work on. Um, you know, Todd and I have been brainstorming and collaborating and talking and, and, you know, just throwing ideas together, seeing what works and, and what direction we wanted to take things for a while now. And, uh, you know, we, we talked to Rob a little bit for, for his input. And I think that we have a really nice shape and, you know, certainly when it comes to the talent, we know exactly who's, you know, who's coming. Um, so, you, you know, the three cards you're going to get, I think will be very, very interesting. Um, and it, I'm, I'm excited about the direction. Uh, of FTR in general and, and the stories that, that, that we can tell. Um, anything, anything you want to add? Um, let's say, yeah, I mean, we were, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a kind of interesting kind of coming through because obviously we had a, you know, a couple of, you know, if you've been kept keeping up on Kronos as a couple of characters that just departed and so right. you know, some pretty, pretty big characters in there too. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of like, you know, trying to get a little bit, all right, how, what's the fallout of that? Plus, where do we kind of want things to go with all the teams that we have? Like, what is the direction that we want them to be in? What are some of the things that we want to kind of to build on? You know, where where do we kind of, and I think a lot of what, you know, I kind of, you know, I maybe not as much in terms of like the new idea generation or the, um, the definitely not the dialogue. That's definitely much more on Sam's side, being able to understand that for me, it's all about the structure and kind of like, all right, what, what kind of makes sense as far as the structure going forward. And I kind of kind of came out with some of that. We've, we've gone back and forth a bit on how we want things to go, but you know, just kind of like, well, what does it make, make sense for, you know, for different parts of the teams? Like where should this team really go? Where should these feuds go? What, you know, what feuds should kind of come out uh, in the end. And we kind of have a structure right now for the most part that kind of brings us towards the end of the year. But at the same time, we want to not have everything set in stone right now. Right. And I think that's important because throughout the year, we want to have different things that will happen that uh, will influence the storyline. 
So uh, there will be, you know, at different Phil Singer Games virtual events, including the upcoming um, Phil Singer Games night on uh, Tabletop Weekend. We will have something, uh, some matches there that will influence the next quarter of uh, of um, uh, of FTR. And then we'll, we also mentioned there will be a creative character contest later this year. And that will, and we're kind of leaving it open. They're not, that person's not necessarily going to fit on a specific team or something like that. We'll wait and see what kind of comes back to us and, and kind of structure things from there. We did give some, a little bit of direction to Matt and Pete, who won some spots in FTR at some of the last uh, conventions that we did. Uh, so they will, uh, you know, they have a little bit more kind of a find out, like, hey, we need some guys that kind of fit into these teams you know pretty open from there but um so we did have some direction that we wanted for that but at least for the creative character we wanted to leave it even more open than that yeah yeah and i i you know i think um that's a perfect way to putting it as far as you bringing you know the structure to it and and then you know me having the opportunity to kind of just fill in um you know, maybe the meat of, of, of the situations. Uh, and certainly when it comes to looking at the structure of the teams and potential feuds, uh, it's been great because yeah, I mean, what you came up with, it was really easy to say like, Oh, you know, what if we did this or that? But it, it, there wasn't much change, you, you know, based off of the initial, you know, sort of idea that, that you had when you brought that to the table. And the neat thing is, is that I think we've been able to, uh, you know, right off the bat, identify where we wanted to go with certain storylines long term. Um, and then others, you know, it's, it's a little bit more nebulous. Others, it's just sort of like uh, we haven't really talked a lot about certain people. Um, but then there are some that, that, like I said, pretty much right from the get go, it's like, okay, we want you know, this person to have this kind of trajectory, um, while also allowing for the flexibility that some of the tournaments or other events that we might hold throughout the year with players, uh, that that can kind of help to determine it. So there's some flexibility there, nothing set in stone. Um, and this first booklet, I think, will certainly be probably a, a bit shorter than, you know, than the past, the last, you know, booklet for sure that Rob did. But part oh, of yeah. that is because, you know, what we're doing is, is, examining some of the fallout from the departures and where things were left after FTR screw job and then setting up a couple of things that will play out down the road. I, I anticipate that the next booklet will probably be longer and, and there'll be more going on just because we'll have a, you, you know, some, we'll have some specific events that will have taken place in the meantime to sort of help determine that, that story. And so, um, you know, I, I, I'm not saying each each book is going to get longer, but I certainly think as we go along, things will start to get a little bit more in depth and more involved. Whereas this is just more kind of like a, a primer um, to to shape maybe a little bit of that new direction um, that we're going to bring to it. And it's not really a new direction. I mean, it's kind of what Rob left set up for us. We're not, you know, we're not like changing the whole game or anything. No. Um, but we're certainly, I think, going to focus on certain things a little bit in, in a little bit of a different way, maybe than what Rob you know, had been doing. Um, and after the story that Rob told, um, you know, kind of trying to, to do what Sonny wants to do, which is, you know, get, get back to, get back to wrestling. Um, and, uh, now that the, the, the murder has been, uh, well, not necessarily solved, but, <laughs> but, uh, but at the very least is no longer on everyone's mind in FTR and in quest, uh, has, has, has taken his leave. Um, I think things will be a, a little bit different going forward, which will be fun. And, 
I'm going to stop talking now uh, for fear of giving anything away. Um, <laughs> we, you know, I will say this. I will say this. There is one thing that we wanted to do that we were so excited about that we had planned on that was sort of like, this is what we've got to do. Okay, we're going to do it. And then we found out something that's happening in the GWF and we couldn't do it. And we were like, oh, <laughs> now what do we do? The nice thing is, is we were able to literally just make one small tweak and you know, it's, it's fine. It, it's yeah. no, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be great. So, uh, we're going to keep talking and, uh, like I said, I'm going to keep working on the, on the booklet and probably, you know, crank out another couple of drafts, uh, at least over the weekend and, and have it in a good place and ready to go for when everything ships. So people will be able to get a, get a good look at it here within the next week or two, two weeks probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll have a kind of a breakdown of everything with, uh, with FTR in a couple of weeks after everybody has, um, you know, has read it, digested it, you know, and get, get the reaction. Once they get the cards and everything like that, we'll, we'll do a special podcast episode probably sometime in, you know, sometime in first half of June or something like that. Just kind of talking a little bit more about, you know, some of the thoughts behind different things and whatnot. Yeah. I, well, I'm looking forward to it. It's been a really, really cool um, project to be involved in and to, to be able to kind of flex that, that creative muscle and, uh, and, you know, and write for the game. I mean, it's, it's, it's been something that I, I never thought I was going to do. So to, to actually like be doing it now is, is pretty damn cool. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to, to hearing what people have to say about it once, once it's out there. Um, and hopefully people, you know, enjoy, enjoy what we're going to do and, and we'll yeah. enjoy the new cards. Um, yeah, as I said, we're, we're going to try to, you know, kind of bring little things, little, little bits of it throughout the year. It's going to be an ongoing, evolving thing. It's going to be almost right. like a living, breathing thing. It's not going to be, all right, here's your one set, and then we'll see you next year. You're going to get a little, little bits and pieces throughout. You'll be able to interact with the with things uh, here in a different way. Um, so yeah, we're very excited about just you know how that continues to go, and then you know hopefully if we get a good uh, reaction with everything this year, uh, we can continue it next year then too. Yeah, and well, and one of the cool things too is that you know, we're exploring options for um, you know presenting it in kind of like a, a multimedia way, you mm-hmm. know, and, and not just uh, you know cards and dice game, not just a booklet, but you know the interactivity of having these tournaments or these game nights, the you know the the, the potential for uh, you know other ways to to tell the story, um, which hopefully will be exciting and 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 not something entirely new. I mean, that's something that has obviously been experimented with before. I mean, obviously. Um, um, Mark Ashby with like the zone of lawlessness and everything helped to really yeah. flesh out CPC uh, back in the day and was, it was very cool and certainly uh, a bit of inspiration for some of the things that we want to do. So we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see where it takes us. Um, I know where, where we're taking us right now uh, is, is, is to the real world uh, out of Phil Singer games for a moment. We'll talk some real world stuff. Uh, let's go for on this day in history, because Todd, you told me a little something that I didn't know uh, right before we started that I thought was super cool um, just because it's a, it's a match that has a special place in my heart. And I remember watching it live. Um, so, so why don't you share with our dear listeners, uh, even though they're listening to this, like, you know, 24 hours later, still on the day we were recording, <laughs> this happened. Yeah, yeah. So I you know, noticed this earlier today, you know, obviously with us doing the enhancement four pack and kind of having a focus on the enhancement talent, uh, 29 years ago, uh, there was a big moment in enhancement talent uh, history. And that was on Monday Night Raw uh, in a match where everybody knew what the outcome was going to be. 
Because an enhancement talent never wins a match, you know, on WWE program or WWF programming at the time. And uh, everything got turned on his head that night when the one, two, three kid was able to pin Razor Ramon. That's right. May 17th, 1993 on Raw. Um, Man, what an incredible, incredible piece of wrestling history, I think. The idea that you had a guy... Um, that that looked like nothing, right? You, you know, looked like just a kid in in in, in wrestling gear. Um, was there to take a beating? Was there to pretty much just lose? Um, he was he was a jobber, right? Enhancement talent, and then all of a sudden, here he is. He gets that upset win uh, on Razor, and and he was made. You know, he was made. And 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 after that, the cool thing is is that. Uh, he had he just had a really cool run um i i think um everything that he did obviously with the click um you know took part in probably one of the greatest tag team matches in the history of WWF um with him and Razor taking Sean taking on Sean and Diesel um just a year a little over a year later i think uh i want to say it was November of 94 um and then uh was also a tag team champ you know with Marty Jannetty and and then again with uh, with Bob Holly um and and then you know from there of course his time in WCW and then returning to WWE um, was involved in a lot of angles and and feuds and uh, and and you know solid matches. Um, just a, a heck of a hand, heck of a talent, and even still to this day, you know, is, is putting on uh, uh, you know solid matches and, and doing doing interesting stuff. Um, probably going to be winding down his career soon, but uh, uh, yeah, what a cool match. And, and even in like the rematches that they had, I, I think that it was, a, it, he always got to do a little bit more than he had done before. Cause you know, they, they had a follow-up match to this and um, it, it, yeah. And, and he just always looked great. And then of course, even before he got to WWF, there was um, you know, a couple of matches that he had on the Indies uh, with like Jerry Lynn and Sabu and, you know, that had really kind of, uh, got the buzz going around him. Um, and you know, it was also a good reminder. We talked about this, uh, not too long ago, uh, after the unfortunate, uh, passing of, uh, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, that, you know, Razor was a guy who was there to do business. And if that meant putting somebody over, he was going to do it. And, you know, he put a lot of people over in his time to help, you know, raise their, their profile. Uh, and he did it in a way that it never really ended up, you know, hurting him in the long run. It didn't destroy his career because he put over the one, two, three kid, you know? Um, so I think, uh, I, I think, uh, it, it was a cool match. I remember watching it live. I was watching it with my sister. Um, and I, <laughs> I had forgotten this. Um, but my, my sister always seemed to like the heels. And at the time, you know, she, she was a huge fan of Shawn Michaels, um, which, of course, pitted her right against me because I was a huge Bret Hart guy. But going into this match, you know, she was uh, into Razor. And I was sure that Razor was going to win, but I was like... I was ecstatic when he didn't because it meant that, you know, not only did somebody get one over on the bad guy, but now I got one over on my sister. <laughs> so... um Great memory. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget that match. And uh, I actually watched it not too long ago. Um, so I was going through a lot of uh, old Razor matches and, you know, throwing in some of the DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff that I have. But uh, you, of course, can find it on Peacock if you know how to use their search function, which... Hey, good good luck with that, does. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, unfortunately, so, yeah. Uh, that whole time period, like kind of, kind of after the formation of Monday Night Raw, after like the first episode, I kind of checked out on Monday Night Wrestling. Um, it was back when I was in in um, high school, and I was much, you know, and then I kind of was getting much more into football at that point, and just kind of dropped out. Monday Night was football, and then during the off season, I just kind of never got back into the habit of watching Raw. I think I maybe. You know, between, um, you know, after WrestleMania 9, I think the only thing I saw was maybe I saw the King of the Ring that year and then WrestleMania 10. And then that was kind of it for a number of years, probably until like late 98. So I missed out on all that that era there with with everything with the click, unfortunately. But I obviously have gone back and seen it and know what a huge moment that was, um, you know, in, in kind of wrestling history. Yeah. Yeah. I took, I mean, I, I think I took a little bit of a break there, uh, probably around not too long after this, you know, I was still watching at the time and I, and I watched through, you know, 94, you know, I was probably like late 94 when I, when I sort of drifted away from it a little bit. Um, and then I was, you know, I wasn't gone long. I, by 96, I was, I was pretty much back watching again and, um, you know, all through, all through 97. I mean, I watched Nitro every Monday night, you know, sometimes, sometimes I would literally watch Nitro on Monday nights and then I would watch the replay of Nitro on Monday. Like I would watch Nitro back to back. Wow. Yeah, just That's because, dedication. you know, just because I, I couldn't sleep and, you know, I, I, I just, I loved it. I loved it. And then of course, when, you know, the, the Austin era, was was ramping up. I was I was kind of switching back and forth, back and forth. And after he won the title at Mania, I was pretty much, you know, watching Raw and then watching the replay of Nitro. I don't think I watched the Nitro live again until I don't know. I don't think I watched. I, I mean, I know I watched it here and there. I would flip back and forth a lot, but anyway, that's besides the point. Um, speaking of real world wrestling and having two competing companies to watch. Uh, even though some people don't think it's competition, uh, <laughs> you know, there have been some interesting things that have been happening as of late. Um, I, I guess we can talk about the, the, the new thing. The, the first big thing right off the bat is last night, of course, was Monday night raw. And the main event was supposed to be a, an elimination match to determine a new number one contender for Bianca Belair's, uh, championship at hell in a cell. Um, was it supposed to be an elimination or just a six-person match? I think you know what it was an elimination. You're right. It was not elimination. It was just like a six six-pack challenge. Yeah, so I, like I can't first, see first fall. like everybody there, you know, taking a pin. Yeah, so. no, it was going to be the first. It was going to be the first fall. Whoever got the first fall, you're right. Um, and it was originally supposed to be uh, Becky and Asuka and um, Rhea Ripley and um, no, I think it was a do do drop and Nikki. Uh, oh, do drop, do drop and Nikki. Yeah, I don't know why I said Rhea I, because I was thinking Rhea and Nikki had that thing a while back. Anyway, uh, I was do drop and Nikki, and then of course it was Naomi and Sasha. Uh, now, news came out uh, during Raw while it was airing, I believe, that uh, Sasha and Naomi had left the building. Uh, at first, you know, it kind of looked like maybe this is a work, you know, and you never can tell. You're always still questioning it. Right now, you still have to have a little bit of a doubt, right? It's wrestling. Who knows? But uh, it seems as though that might not be the case. Um, WWE released what I have to say is probably one of the most ill-advised and horrible statements in the history of statements. They fired it off super quick, probably just to save face, let people know what the hell was going on. Uh, If you read it, like, 
I've worked in marketing. I've had to like be a part of of releasing statements about you know performers not being able to go on and 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 that sort of stuff before. Uh, I mean, this is like communications one hundred and one. That statement is awful. It's awful for a billion dollar company that has people that are professional writers to release something like that. It comes off as like just petty, and 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 it just it's. Like whatever, you know, fine. You're 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 upset. Your feelings were hurt because two of your people left. I mean, give me a break. Anyway, that said, uh, it's a weird situation. Apparently, they didn't like the way the match was going to go. Um, at at the time, the, it had been made to sound like they were going to have to pin, like one was going to pin the other, and that was going to be the finish to the match. I think Naomi was going to pin Sasha. and then Which Naomi is not was... true. That is okay. not the case. Naomi was going to win, but she wasn't going to pin Sasha. Okay. Um, at least, that's it, as, far as, as far as we know, as far as the information that has been released, it looks as though that was not actually the case whatsoever. That the real bone of contention was the idea that there were no plans for the tag team titles, that there were no real solid plans in place for them. Now, on one hand, I get it because, you know, they didn't they didn't want to be a team. They got thrown together. They won these titles. They got the titles over. They got over. They're over. Of course they are. They're Naomi and Sasha. They're two of the most popular female wrestlers they have on the roster. Uh, but it's WWE. <laughs> they don't have a plan for shit. Like, I mean, come on, let's be honest here. <laughs> Like there's so few long-term plans that they have or that they stick to. So on on one hand, it's like, yeah, I get what you're saying. But at the same time, it's like, if that's really your beef, you've known that for a while. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, Um, yeah, there's nothing new there. (laughs) Yeah. Now I don't agree with some of the stuff that's come out that, that apparently people have said about Sasha in particular. Um, I guess Naomi gets to be a little bit bulletproof on this one. Um, I I can absolutely see a scenario where Sasha is the one that kind of like led the way on this. And Naomi went with her because it's her partner. And what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like Sasha has always kind of just, marched her own beat and called her own shot and said like, yeah, I mean, she's left before this isn't the first time she's kind of said, you know what guys I'm out. Um, I mean, she went to Japan for like a month to, to like train and be over there and, and, you know, and then came back and, you know, she's, she's been kind of in that situation before. Um, She's one of the, I mean, she's one of the best talents they have male or female. There's no doubt about that. I I don't know. What do you think, Todd, about about this behavior and, and and about the story behind all this? Well, I mean, I I don't know why they would have Naomi go over. I mean, I'm guessing it's just maybe to stretch out the story because it's kind of like Hell in the Cell is kind of like not a big deal, and they want to really save. How the... crazy is that? By the way, Hell in a Cell is not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like that well, is insane. Well, they're running three giant stadium shows this summer, and that's where all the focus is. And it's like, okay, well, we're gonna save. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm thinking here that there's they were like, all right, we're gonna save the Oscar and the Becky matches for the titles for those because those are gonna be a bigger deal or something like that. Like, all right, let's just let's do Naomi in here. She's popular. You know, let's just give Ronda or, or who's who's the champion there now? Wait, who am I thinking? It's not Ronda. She's on SmackDown. Um, it's a, a, a Bianca Belair, yeah. Bianca, let's give her against Naomi, and you know, you know, I guess I, I don't get why they would do that match personally, but you know, I'm guessing that you know, it's like okay, we'll give her there. She's popular. Two African American women, 
Right, but it's definitely a situation where it's like, how does that match help either one of them? It really doesn't. It really doesn't help anybody, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't get the logic behind that. And I'm guessing that, you know, maybe it's a matter of, hey, they want to like, well, what is the point behind this? And maybe they tried to work on it, and maybe Vince was like, no, this is my decision. We're going to, we're going with it. Like, we're not changing it. Right. And, And then at that point, you know, Sasha, I know, has whatever relationship with Vince that she really has, and whatever relationship she thinks she has, and I was just like, nope, we're just gonna go. So I mean, that that's what it seems to, to be the case. So the one thing I did, I was listening to a podcast before, kind of talking about it um, uh, with somebody who kind of works with the WWE, and uh, mentioned about you know what they're hearing is the reason I think a lot of the reaction on air and stuff afterwards was that Vince McMahon doesn't like to announce a match on the show and then not deliver it. And I'm like, I'm like, well, that's complete BS right Right, there because how many times has he changed things? And you're like, okay, these four matches are coming on the show and you turn on the show the next week and he's torn up the script and completely changed around the matches and changed things midterm. And then like, that's complete BS right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just that you know he didn't get to change that match. The match had to be changed despite his wishes, and I'm guessing that was the reaction. So you know, so so I, I I'm a little conflicted about how I feel about the situation um, for whatever that's worth. Mm-hmm. On one hand, there is a part of me that wants to applaud Sasha and Naomi for walking out, for saying like, you know what, we're done. Like I'm not gonna I'm not doing this anymore because what you're doing is it's it's crap and i don't want to be a part of it i don't want to put my name on it i don't want to put my face on it i don't want to do this you know you you're handing me bad stuff and i don't want to do it i i you know there's a part of me that applauds that because i can appreciate that you know sense of ownership over you know your character your job those belts the you, you know the the presentation of it and to feel like to be made to feel like you don't matter again and again and again and again, which let's face it is probably a good 90% of that roster, maybe more, you know, it's like this week I'm giving you a steak dinner, but next week you're going to have to eat a shit sandwich. It's just kind of like I, after a while I get tired of eating that sandwich, you know, (laughs) just off the, off the, the chance that I might get that steak dinner, you know, once every six months or whatever. Um, and so in a way I, I I can I can absolutely see their point and I can see why it's just sort of like I don't have to I because here's the other thing they don't have to put up with it anymore you know like there's another place they can go now I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen it certainly wouldn't happen tomorrow if it was going to happen and it it might not turn out the best for them because to be completely frank the other guys have got some problems lately too, as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's an interesting landscape in so much as they have someplace else to go now. Um, and there's little doubt that both of those people would be successful wherever they went, even if it wasn't AEW, you know, even if they did go to stardom or even if they just decided, even if Sasha just said, you know what? Screw this. 
I'm going to go shoot the Mandalorian and, you know, count my my Disney money while you guys do whatever the hell you want, you know, yeah. because she could do that. They apparently they love her. They thought she was great. You know, they want to bring her back next season. So, you know, like, fine. Um so I don't know. I, 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 like I said, I, I'm conflicted. And the other side of me says, well, that's the job, you know, right. that's yeah. where you work. That's your boss. You know, you know enough by now to know that it's not going to change much for you. You know, you've been there for what, like eight, nine years. Like, you know what it's like. And, and there are people that don't like her attitude. You know, there are people that don't, um, think that her behavior is, you know, fitting of, of, of a company person. And maybe that's just not her. Maybe she doesn't want to be a company person. You know, sure. maybe she doesn't want to be like everybody else. And that's going to ruffle some feathers. And that's going to piss some people off. Um, but the people that are saying things negatively about her that work for the company uh, or, or leaking some of the statements and stuff that have been made internally, um, you know, if they're not being fabricated by the dirt sheets or whatever if, if, if we can if we can take that at face value i also kind of think like that's not a good look for you either like in this situation if she's really acting that way you're better off keeping your mouth shut and letting her prove that than saying bad things about her because then all you really do is make her look sympathetic because at the end of the day you're the ones that work for the billion dollar company that she just walked out on right, and right. at the end of the day that takes guts so I don't know. I think it's like I said, I think it's a, it's a really interesting situation. I don't know how it's all going to shake out. Um, you know, clearly Vince has uh, had people walk out on him before. And, you know, I don't care what anybody says. I know I stopped watching when Austin walked out. You know, I was I was I was kind of a fair weather fan at that point anyway. But when Austin walked out, I was just like, I'm I'm not going to watch this anymore. I I mean, I don't know why I'm watching anymore. And I missed some good stuff. Don't get me wrong. I I I went back and watched some of the stuff that I missed out on. But like, you know, it, and when Austin came back, everything was fine. You know, he didn't have to, <laughs> he he wasn't punished for it. You know, right. when Brock when Brock's been pissed off and said he's going to walk out before, you know, so it's not like she's the only person to ever do something like this. Um. Now, Ultimate Warrior made a career of that, right? There you well, go. Yeah. I guess the difference between Ultimate Warrior and the <laughs> three people we're talking about is, you know, the other three could work. Yeah. But, uh, talent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. Not racist homophobes. Not racist. You know? Yeah. There's also <laughs> that. Fair, uh, fair enough. <laughs> but, but anyway. Um, I, yeah. I, so I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. What do you, what do you think? It, what do you think is going to happen? Huh. <sighs> I mean, I think, yeah, that's that's a tough call. Um, I don't think they're getting released. Yeah. I don't think that's happening. Um, has there been anything, because I haven't seen, has there been anything said about how much time either of them has left on their contracts? I haven't, I haven't okay. dug too deep into that. Yeah, sure. No. Um, yeah, I see. I mean, I could see maybe a little bit of time being taken off there for both of them. Uh, but, yeah, I think they're... Both, I mean, I think Naomi's probably back in the fold earlier than Sasha. Yeah. But eventually Sasha will probably come back for a bit. And yeah, I don't know if she's long for doing a regular schedule with WWE anyway. Yeah, based on, you know, acting prospects and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. she could very easily do better for herself probably without WWE for a little while, you know, 
um, you know, doing different appearances, doing some acting gigs, maybe doing some, you know, high profile indies for a little bit, stuff like that. You know, if she wanted to do any wrestling at all, I don't even know if she did, would, but um, she could probably do fine for herself for a little while there and then eventually come back and do some spots as kind of like a, you know, almost like a legend role or something like that, or a part-time role if, if she had the desire. And I'm sure they would welcome her back for that. So yeah, Naomi probably doesn't have as many prospects, I think. And obviously, you know, her husband is in one of the biggest angles in the company. So I can't see her being too far away from everything there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is interesting because when you do look at Sasha, you know that she's, she's had some injury issues, you know, and, and, and she's certainly by no means is she, you know, older or anything like that. I mean, she's got plenty of time left to have a career should she choose to do that, but she has had some injuries yeah. over time and now she is, you know, you know, potentially getting some of these acting opportunities, um, outside of the company. So yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe a part-time sort of status would befit her, you know, give her the opportunity to not have to be a part of the grind, not have to deal with as much of the BS, be able to, you know, kind of call her shots, you know, maybe have kind of like that, that, that John Cena, you know, kind of clout when you just come back yeah. when you feel like it or whatever, which apparently there's, there's rumors that he's coming back this summer. Yeah. Uh, for, he's for kind of like a summertime attraction there uh, right. kind of ongoing every year. And that's fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Now, the, the other thing that's interesting, too, about this is that um, there's been some talk, apparently, I think that this was Meltzer on the on Observer Radio, he was talking about how, um, you know, Sasha having Naomi's support in this situation could be huge, because, of course, Naomi is married to one of the Usos, and, of course, the Usos are pretty much bulletproof because of Roman Reigns. Right. And, you know, if Roman takes their side on any of this then I think that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, that they're going to be able to basically get what they want out of this. And if that's, you know, if it is a contract situation, if it is a storyline situation, if it is, you know, if it is about these tag team titles and wanting them to mean something, and you know, have that better visibility or whatever, you know, I, I, I mean, there was, you know, there was, there was some scuttlebutt about, you know, Roman potentially, you know, taking off for Hollywood and, and, you know, you had, you know, you had people immediately having to come out and be like, no, 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 he's not going anywhere, you know, because they don't, they don't even want the look to be that he's, you know, taking time off or leaving or anything. So, right, right. um, yeah, I mean, at this particular point, I mean, if, if, if Roman has your back, then you're probably going to be just fine. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, if it is, if it is contractual in any way, if there is some sort of situation with, with the contracts coming up or, or whatever, um, then things could get really, really interesting because I, you know, Tony Khan would absolutely open up the, 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 the checkbook big time for somebody like Sasha Banks. Oh yeah. Signing Sasha Banks while not necessarily, you know, Daniel Bryan or CM Punk it's pretty damn close at this point. It would be, it would be the biggest, I, I mean, off the top of my head, it would be the biggest signing that he could possibly make. Um, you know, that or rather that they have made other than like punk and Brian, I can't think of any other names off the top of my head bigger. I don't count Jericho cause he was there from day one. Right. So right, like, right. you know, I can't, I literally can't think of any bigger name than hers that they have signed. No, not at all. Yeah. It'd be interesting. If she comes in, would she be Mercedes then 
And then we have two Mercedes in, the, in, in, in AEW, and then people start, you know. <laughs> and right. then there's always the talk of like, you know, the repeating of names, which Vince never does, but AEW's like, ah, you know. Yeah, AEW doesn't care, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. You know, speaking of AEW, we kind of alluded to it earlier. Uh, there has definitely been some talk recently. A lot of it's revolved around uh, the MJF situation and apparently him not necessarily being happy with, uh, you know, current contract offers and that sort of stuff. Now, as far as I understand it, he's under contract for like a, f- at least a full year longer. I like, think, yeah. Like maybe it might even be more than 2020. That. Yeah. It might be 2024 is what I read earlier. Right. I think he's that still was, got yeah. like almost two years left on his contract, right. but because he is a legitimate, you know, star for them in a lot of ways, there apparently have already been some discussions about you know, resigning and or contract extension with a, uh, with a bump or something. I mean, that happens right. all the time in, in sports. Yeah. There's like, you know, like a arbitrary salary arbitration in baseball or, you know, a football player, you know, kind of, you know, re renegotiating and stuff like that too. Yeah. And, and I guess that the, that the talk is that he is, it's not necessarily about the money. He's happy with the amount of money that's being offered. He's not happy with the length of time. Uh, Which to me, if I'm Tony Khan, is a red flag. Sure. Because here's the thing. It's like if I if you're happy with the amount of money I'm going to offer you, but you don't want to stay as long as I want you to, then that's telling me that you're already looking to potentially go somewhere else. Right. And 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 as far as I'm concerned, if I'm Tony Khan, what does it matter if you go in 2024 or you go in 2025? Like, I don't know that locking you up for another year is really going to matter at the end of the day because you are the talent that you are. So it's like either stay with me, you know, stay with me as long as I want you here or, or, or just go, you know? And, and, and it's funny because at first I was absolutely 100%, you know, kind of in MJF's corner thinking to myself, do whatever it takes to keep him there. And the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of like, you know what? If he has to go, then let him go. Because the big thing is, and and this is something that I've been surprised that I've not seen talked about enough. If MJF goes to WWE, he will not be MJF. And anybody who thinks he will is out of their mind. He is going to be watered down to the point of absolute... I mean... I don't know. I mean, we'll see how he's able to negotiate in there. Uh, there's know, no way. There's no way he's going to get to cut the promos that he cuts. in. No, nah, he's not going to be able to cut the the level of promo. Yeah, no, that's true. But and I mean, you tell might me be able right, to work things around it. I don't know. You I, tell I, me right now, because this is something actually that got said on our episode about the uh, for our indies uh, tournament that we just did with the masked wrestlers. Um, that was a really good point that I hadn't thought about in a while. You take MJF's promos away from him and he's just another wrestler. He's really good. But there's lots of really good wrestlers today. You take his promos away from him, and he's just yeah, he's just another guy. Uh, I know. I think the the character he has in the ring fits the character he does in the promos. Like he's a he's a you know chicken shit heel. You know, I, and, I, I, and, and, I, well, and he's I, good at that. You know, and being underhanded and stuff like that. So yeah, but I, I mean, the thing is, is I would argue that you know a lot of that sort of stuff other people can and and do you know yeah, like sure. I, I i think it, it, it's it, it it's it goes beyond that you know it really does because there is a time especially if you go back uh, a little while like there's a time I, I remember when he came into aaw and the vignettes that they were running uh for him before he arrived and i was like holy shit this guy like i can't wait to see this guy then he came and he got in the ring and i thought he was just average 
but yeah. the promos sold him. Yeah, now, pro- promos is obviously his his big thing for sure. Now he's a far better wrestler now than he was, you know, four or five years ago when I when mm-hmm. I saw him in AAW. Sure, but that I mean, but that said, I still think you take those promos away from him, and yeah, I don't I don't think he thrives in the way that he's thrived in AEW. I don't, and I also don't think that if you if you bring him in and you let MJF be MJF in WWE, I still wonder. I still wonder how well he gets over. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, C- Cody coming over is a different thing because mm-hmm. he's obviously got all the history with WWE. He's got the history, obviously, with his dad. Right. Uh, and he was able to kind of command being able to do stuff, having the character there and having a lot of control over that. And it worked. Um, and it kind of signaled, hey, you know, Guys can come over here, you know, that maybe built their name in AEW and do well here. He might be a special circumstance, and maybe that's not going to be the case for everybody else. Well, and it's also going to be interesting to see how long that lasts. You know, if 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 this lasts, if the way they've been treating him holds true, then yeah, you're going to be able to potentially entice a lot of guys over from AEW. Right. But um, is it, I mean my concern though is it a special circumstance given exactly who he is. Well, that's the other thing. See, so let's say let's just just for the hell of it here, let's put a, a hypothesis out there, maybe a supposition if you will. You got Cody over there, he's getting treated like gold. Everybody sees, "Hey, you know, they don't hate us. You can make it there. This really is, you know, you fair game. And then all of a sudden you get three or four guys whose contracts come up right around the same time or something. They all jump ship and then they bury those three or four guys. And now, you know, you used Cody to lure these three or four guys away from AEW and AEW might've really needed those three or four guys. I don't know. Um, but that said, I think the other thing that's interesting right now, we were talking right before we started recording about this is that there's been some criticism of AEW that's gone beyond the MJF situation and and even added potentially to the MJF situation, which is that he's not the only one that's not happy right now. And it's not that he's not, you know, he's not, he's there to do business. This isn't somebody who's going to walk out. This isn't somebody who's like, you know, pulling his hair out and thinking to myself, what have I got myself into? It's just that the overall mood seems to be just a little bit less you know, sunshine and roses compared to what it was maybe a few months ago when everybody was talking about how excited everyone was, how the morale was so high, how everything, it seems to be based off of what I've been reading, that things are a little chaotic, that, that there's this, this notion of, uh, before the before times, if you will, you know, we knew kind of where we were going. We, we saw these builds. We saw, you know, and even as fans, it was like, Every dynamite had at least one big match on it. That was that was either you know finishing off a storyline or you know kind of pushing us into a new storyline. Uh, there was always something happening. You know right, there were beginnings right. and endings. Now it just feels like these past few dynamites have just been middles. And I had there's been there's been a couple lulls over the time there in the past two there have been like in between pay per views there's been some but they may be a little more sustained now I would say yeah I would I would argue that that honestly if you go back and you look at just the past year we'll just just take the past year that there have really only been maybe I mean I could count on one hand the dynamites that didn't pay off something 
up until maybe about two or three months ago. And now I feel like the past like six weeks or so, the shows have just been kind of, yeah, in the middle. And you brought up a good point about the tournament. Mm-hmm. Not, not that I want to disparage tournaments at all, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I think, you know, part of it, you know, you have so many guys who've been kind of guys and, 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 and ladies that have been involved in the Owen Hart tournaments. I think we talked a little bit about it before when we were mentioning, you know, the kind of the low in the women's division, you know, part with, you know, after Thunder Rosa getting the title, but then also just, and I think it's happened throughout the men's side as well. It's just like, you know, a little bit of weird stalling of, certain feuds, you know, yeah. as the tournament has kind of played out. Um, it's definitely, yeah, definitely kind of interrupted some things and, you know, big portions of the, of, of the, the shows are being devoted to those matches, which aren't necessarily storyline based. Yeah. Per se. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, it's weird too the positioning of some of the matches in the tournaments. Like I, I still think it was a mistake to have the Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm match so early in the tournament. That should have been, I mean, that that could have been and should have probably been your tournament final. Um, y- y- you know, I, I think... You that, also have a quarterfinal match of Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy that you have one week build on that, right? Right, right, exactly. And you have Jeff go over? Like, I guess I can kind of get that, but at the same time, I'm feeling like, man, Darby's, Darby's losing a lot lately. Yeah, he is losing some. Yeah, I'm trying, been trying to figure out. Yeah, I mean, I, I get where they're going with it because I mean, the whole thing, you know, uh, Jeff is going to lose because it's going to be Hardy's versus the Young Bucks. Right. They've been building that up, you know, at least if not all on TV, definitely on BTE. You know, you can definitely see that's where it's going. And it's like, okay, they, they kind of set it up that, you know, for next week, it's Adam Cole versus Jeff. Uh, Jeff Hardy, and yeah, that'll kind of lead into the Hardys versus the Bucks, you know, and to give an extra week in there. I can kind of see that it is kind of weird to have Darby lose in that, you know, but I mean, I guess it makes sense to have him in the tournament. He has a big match with Jeff, and you know, down the line, they'll have their rematch, right? And it'll be on a bigger stage, probably, as a hey, it's the rematch, and then Darby will go over, and Darby will be the heel. Darby might be the heel. Yeah, Darby. I, I have a feeling Darby's, <laughs> Darby's going to be a heel before the year's over. I think you probably. I right. think it's been brewing for a while now, and they and that and that's the other thing too is it's like make no mistake that the the, the criticism here that I have of AEW has nothing to do with the long term storytelling. I think the long term storytelling that they've done over the past couple of years has been phenomenal, and and unlike just about any other promotion you know that we've seen outside of you know Japan, um, they they've really really crafted some incredibly well done long-term stories. It's not that. That's what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the idea that it used to feel like every Dynamite was must-watch, can't miss. And lately it feels like I can catch the highlights. Yeah, and that's like, and that's kind of, and and, and like, what I'm about to say is awful, but that's kind of like one of the worst things I feel like I can say about a wrestling show, you know? Um, And maybe not, maybe in this day and age, that's an okay thing, right? Maybe, maybe in the in our digital world and streaming, etc., it's okay every once in a while to just take in the highlights as opposed to watch the whole show. But it felt like for a time there that I it was appointment viewing, and now it kind of feels like I'm waiting for them to bring me back in. Right. Right. We'll see. I mean, that being said, I'm definitely getting double or nothing. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely looking forward to a couple matches uh, there for sure. 
I mean, um, yeah, the card looks the card looks incredible. That that's the other thing too is it's like some of this could just be uh, you know nitpicky and and all for naught because the truth of the matter is yeah you look at the double or nothing card and it's stacked. It looks incredible. It looks like it's going to be another banger of a pay per view. And I'm going to watch it and I'm going to think like this is great. This is fantastic. I'm just surprised that Dynamite hasn't been hooking me like it like it had been. Right. No. No. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been some lulls there. I mean, obviously, and Rampage has had some issues with some time changes and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, kind of yeah. you know interrupting things there. Although I, you know, I tend to watch everything a little bit on delay anyway with the DVR. Same here. Um, so yeah, it hasn't really changed my habits too too much. Um, and it's worth saying too that it, you know even with this criticism, there have still been some incredible matches. Like that's the one thing that AEW is is still a go to for. Like there have still been you know a glut of of really really good matches week in and week out. I mean, there's at least that 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 yeah, that's the thing is. It's like even though the overall show might not be as satisfying as it was, and maybe this thing, maybe we got spoiled, right? Maybe we got spoiled sure. for a while because even though that those two hours of dynamite might not be as overall satisfying as they were, you know, six months ago, the you know the truth is is that we're still getting at least you know two or three matches per week that WWE hasn't put on two or three matches that good in a week in. I don't know how long, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, outside of like that. WrestleMania, you know, maybe. Well, right, so. right, 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 right. Yeah. Outside of like, yeah, a card here or there, or, you know, that one off raw where they let somebody go for 20 minutes and you're just sort of like, wow, this is great. Of course they put 17 commercial breaks in it. So you only see like five minutes of the match, but still, um, yeah. No. So, Anyway, all that said, uh, you know, there's still plenty of amazing wrestling out there to take in, um, whether it's uh, indies wrestling uh, or, you know, the big two or, of course, you know, if you're watching Mexico or Japan or women's wrestling, um, there's still a lot of great stuff out there. And speaking of women's wrestling, we do actually have a main event. Uh, and our main event this week is uh, an overview of the Shimmer wrestling sets. Yes, so uh, we've done these in the past. We did one with uh, Chikara, uh, one with Evolve. So, you know, kind of, you know, figuring out our uh, topic for this week, we thought, hey, it's a good time uh, to start touching on uh, on Shimmer, you know, since uh, with everything going on with uh, women's wrestling right now. So, um, you know, let's see. So uh, the Shimmer relationship started, let's see, when was that first set first released then? Uh, I believe that was in... Uh, 2013 all right yeah i I'm, I'm going with you on that one because i i had some stuff pulled up and my internet decided to just be a little weird luckily not too weird because i'm still connected to you that's but, good uh, <laughs> um, yeah yeah I, no, no, I, no, it was I 2013 because i remember we were first looking at that at uh at uh uh, at the cards at uh, WrestleCon in 2013 in uh, New Jersey. That's when it was, you know, we were first developing it there. I think it came out, uh, I don't know if it came out right before that or right afterwards, but I do remember looking at all the art at that point. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really exciting. You know, we, we at that point uh, did have relationships going on with um, uh, Chikara and with Ring of Honor and with uh, CCW, and this was the next one was was doing you know Women's Fed and what better one than Shimmer and and Dave Prezak was all on board. He's been a great great supporter throughout all the years uh, for sure. Yeah, um, you know, I was at the time that the first Shimmer set came out. Um, I was really excited to see it because I had I think that was around the time when I saw. 
Shimmer for the first time would have been around 2013. Um, uh, maybe, well, no, it would have been, I guess maybe it would have been 2012. Um, I was aware of it. I knew that it existed. Um, but I, I bought that first set. Um, and, uh, you know, I had it online and physically and, um, you know, was, was really excited for, um, the ability to add them in. I think at first I didn't run a shimmer fed. I think I just brought them into like my ring of honor or whatever. But, um, but I ended up running a shimmer fed at one point. Uh, it, you know, it's worth noting that, that there are some talent that had wrestled for shimmer that we already had in the game from the black and white days, yep. um, and legends of the future. Um, Mischief and uh, Christina Von Erie and Sarah Del Rey um, and uh, Daisy Hayes. Um, yep. And then, of course, there was also the black and white uh, Legends uh, Ladies um, 8 pack uh, that was a PDF uh, or online only, um, which included some names that, of course, had wrestled for um, Shimmer as well, uh, most notably Lacey and Rain, uh, Minnesota home wrecking crew. Love that, uh, yeah, uh, which now, uh, due to the uh, last uh, women's international set, you can also create the international home wrecking crew, which was the team of Jetta and Rain, because um, Jetta wrestled for Shimmer um, a bit back in the day as well. Um, the you know the the funny thing is is that we got of course that first shimmer set uh but we had already also had the the chikara cards for Daisy Hayes and Sarah Del Rey which meant that oddly enough we did not get shimmer cards for either one of those women um and the only reason i bring that up is because of course they were like cornerstones of the company in the very early days, especially Sarah Del Rey in yeah. particular. Well, yeah. and Daisy, Daisy as Daisy well. Too. Daisy had main evented a number of times in the early days of the promotion, and and a lot of a lot of women, including like uh, it wasn't that long ago um, either, but like. Uh, uh, Nicole Matthews and Allison Danger and a few other women have like taken to Twitter to to kind of post and, and thank Daisy for her work because of how important she was. And I think it had to do with the fact that Sarah D'Amato was getting quite a bit of uh, a praise just because of her work, like at um, the Performance Center and stuff like that, because she works for WWE now. And, um, and, and, you know, people were like, hey, don't forget Daisy Hayes. Don't sleep on Daisy Hayes. And, and, and they kind of took up that call. Um, that said, of course, we had cards for them already. We had color cards for them already. So it was easy enough to bring them in, um, you know, into your into your shimmer fed if you wanted to use them, which is exactly what I did. Uh, I used Daisy uh, quite a bit, actually. I, I didn't use Sarah Del Rey in my Shimmer Fed that much, um, honestly, but uh, I used Daisy quite a bit. Um, so that first Shimmer set, uh, we got Allison Danger, Athena, who, of course, uh, was known as Ember Moon for a while in WWE before going back to the indies recently, cheerleader Melissa, Christina Von Erie, Courtney Rush, Jesse McKay, uh, also Billy Kay, um, Kelly Skater, Leva Bates, Lufisto, Madison Eagles, Mercedes Martinez, Mischief, Veda Scott, Soraya Knight, Portia Perez, and Nicole Matthews. Um, I, I mean, I feel like as far as, as having a roster for your first set, uh, you can't really get much better than this for especially for 2013 shimmer. Um, you you know, you got a a lot of great names. Um, I mean, right off the bat, uh, you, you look at this set and, you're getting cheerleader Melissa. Um, I mean, here's, here's someone who, uh, never had an update because she never really needed one. Cause that card still stands, you know, and is, and, and, and it, and it should be, and rightfully is one of the best women, you know, wrestling cards that we have on the indie side. Um, because, oh, yeah. you know, there's a reason why CAC voted her as a future legend. Um, she's, you know, she's incredible in the ring. Um, she's done quite a bit. Um, 
worked for Lucha Underground for a while as well, uh, and is and is a Shimmer you know Shimmer original basically, and 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 someone who's carried the torch for that company uh, since its you know inception pretty much. Um, you know you got Mercedes Martinez who's another person you know kind of synonymous up there with with what I was saying about uh, cheerleader Melissa uh, Mischief, who's the longest reigning uh, was the longest reigning maybe she's not anymore now I can't remember because the pandemic did weird things but at one point was the longest reigning Shimmer champion. Um, you know, I mean, mischief was just incredible. Um, you know, pretty, pretty legendary. And, and I think, um, yeah, I mean, I'm super, super thrilled that, that we have a, a card for her. Um, and, you know, also of course worth noting that she was in a tag team with cheerleader Melissa as Melissa, uh, for a while. So, um, just some incredible talent in the, in that first set and, uh, that, you know, and we also have probably one of the more prolific uh, Shimmer tag teams there with the Canadian Ninjas. The Canadian Ninjas, that's right. Uh, Nicole Matthews is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think she's just fantastic and so much fun. And I'm a big Porsche fan personally too. I know she did some work with Chikara a little bit too. That's where I first started to kind of know her there. And I'd be, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, w- I wish she had a little bit of a longer career Me there. Too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think that I, I you know, if, if if I had to lay money, uh, if Portia Perez never gets injured, I think we probably would have seen her on a bigger stage at some point. I think you're right. Yeah, good. Um, and uh, Courtney Rush getting a card as Courtney Rush. Uh, uh, you know, she she had uh, quite the time in Shimmer. Um, you know, it was funny because it was clear that she was supposed to sort of be this you know white meat baby face, but they didn't really take her like that for some reason. Yeah. Uh, the fans didn't. So so she was kind of a heel, but then she kind of wasn't. But then she kind of you know, and and it was really interesting because I feel like in some ways it played perfectly into what would you know become her character and kind of having a bit of a split personality and, and a darker personality and. Then embracing that completely as Rosemary, um, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a, a, a great set uh, of cards all, all together. And, um, you know, you got like a, a name like Saraya Knight, who is a pretty legendary figure in women's wrestling at that particular point in time, all controversy with her aside. I mean, she, she still had carved out quite the career for herself and continued to after the set was, was released. Um, Kelly Skater, who was one of the the more popular uh, Shimmer wrestlers at the time, uh, funny enough, because her character, I think, you know, was was somewhat comedic, um, but she was very good. Um, you know, she ended up actually um, retiring um, a little early, I think some would say, not due to injuries, just because she was pursuing other things. Um, and she had a run as a Shimmer champ um, for, for one weekend. Um, you know, kind of put the belt on her, I think, to, to thank her for her work. Um, but uh, again, pretty stacked. Uh, some some great names. And I think the, the thing that's kind of interesting is it's like, you know, any one of these women, for the most part you could put into your main event scene um and it would be it would be well earned um and definitely definitely call out to alice and danger who i know is a big part about you know the formation of shimmer too that was definitely something we wanted to make sure that we got in there at that point if i'm not mistaken i think the last thing is the 16 cards i know a lot of the other ones that we had done for kind of starting out some of the other sets around that time were maybe like 12 cards i think for some of these um you know was that this was kind of a not one of the main ones. This was part of the, the print shop thing that kind of popped up for a little while. They were, you know, available as PDFs and online and, and uh, as well as in, um, 
it did have a, a card form with it. Uh, but it was a 16 cards a week. I think that was just because, you know, having more women, there wasn't as many other women to pull in from other indie products at that time. Uh, but I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the last name that made it in there was Veda Scott. And I think I had a little something to do with that. Cause I, I did like Veda's character nice. uh, from what I've seen or saw her and we were looking for a last one. I was like, I think that's the one to go with there. So I was glad that she got included. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, Veda has had, uh, I think a, an interesting career and her time in Shimmer, uh, has, has been very interesting as well because, I, I, you know, of course having attended quite a few Shimmer shows and, you know, and seen, and seen her work, uh, she's one of those people that, that I think the crowd mostly loves to hate and yet at the same yeah. time appreciate what she does, um, and appreciate the way that she's grown, um, you know, over the years, because clearly when she, when she started out, she, she wasn't necessarily much of a wrestler, uh, but she's always a good talker and she was yeah. like a good personality and um, I think that helped really get her over uh, you know but the thing that was a lot of fun is that she would often like add things to her moveset so so like y- y- you know you'd see her for one shimmer weekend and then you'd come back the next shimmer weekend and she would like have a new move and she would point out that she had a new move it was like it became part of her gimmick um, oh, that's funny. which was yeah which was a lot of fun um, and um yeah, I mean, a hell of a talent and a really good commentator as well. Like, yeah. If you haven't had a chance to hear any of her commentary work, I mean, it's it's worth you know watching a show where she's done commentary because she's very good. Yeah, and she even showed up on AEW in their women's matches kind of early on too, which yeah, I wish that kind of. You know, she stuck around with that a little longer. But. I agree. I agree. Um, also, of course, a uh, friend, friend of the show. Uh, no, not this show, but my other show, uh, Leva Bates. Uh, Leva actually uh, went to college with my co-host on the Quantum Leap podcast, Dennis, and she guested on uh, Heart of a Champion, which is the wrestling-themed episode of Quantum Leap, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, so we, we got to have her on and talk about that. And, and I've gotten to hang out with her uh, you know, briefly after uh, Shimmer shows as well, because they usually do like after parties uh Shimmer Weekend, um, where all the talent and, and, you know, some of the fans go to like a bar and, and hang out and have a good time. And, um, and she's, she's a lot of fun. She's great. Um, um of course, yeah, she was awesome. She was at the uh, wrestling geek fest. I got to talk to her a couple times before that. And yeah, she's, she's awesome. So, yeah. Uh, and then of course, one other person I just want to throw out there real quick is Christina Von Erie, which I feel like is someone that was, uh, incredibly visible at the time, you know, even, even sort of like, you know, more casual indie fans would at least recognize her because she'd, you know, been a lot of places and she'd been on our, ROH. She'd been, you know, uh, of course been in Shimmer um, and, and worked kind of all over the country. Um, and I think was someone that just had such a great look um, and a great vibe and very charismatic uh, on top of that. And so, um, you know, really cool to, to see her get a card, even though, of course, she'd already had one in the in the black and white uh, set. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the second Shimmer set was an eight card set. Um, and when did that one come out, Todd? Uh, hold on. You know, you know, let me give me one second. I'm going to find the actual cards that have the date on it. Give me, give me one second. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, while you do that, I'll go ahead and talk a little bit about the names here. Uh, we have Cherry Bomb, Evie, Heidi Lovelace, Jessica Havoc, Nevea, Sassy Steffi, Thunder Kitty, and Tomoko Nakagawa. Uh, now, of course, uh, uh, we've got a couple of these women who have definitely gone on to do other things. Uh, of course, Cherry Bomb is the bunny in AEW right now. Um, she was also Allie. 
um, for for a while in Impact um, and had uh, an incredible feud that was played out mostly in the Canadian Indies with uh, Rosemary. Um, that was you know they're kind of best friends in real life, um, and and they did some really cool storytelling there. Uh, I actually have a DVD compilation that I bought from Rosemary that uh, is, is pretty cool. The way that you know they were able to put together their matches and their storylines and, and kind of have a uh, a feud that took place in in multiple indies and yet it wasn't it wasn't like they had to kind of do a refresher every time they literally just built everything kind of match by match and they just happened to be doing it in three or four different places um and it almost kind of felt like it was just as much for them as it was for the people that were kind of paying attention uh which was really cool you know that's it really gave great them, yeah. yeah it gave them the opportunity to just to tell a story and, and to have fun with it um of course, Evie, uh, known as Dakota Kai, formerly known as Dakota Kai. Uh, Will she be? I don't know. If it, I think I heard she's not going to be Evie again. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I would. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, it wouldn't. It honestly just wouldn't fit the character she's become. Uh, right. Same with the the next person as well here. <laughs> right. Right. I just want to add to the chorus of voices that are asking. Of course, it's the same question that we ask all the time, and it, it kind of begs why do we keep asking it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How do you screw up Dakota Kai? Like, come on, guys. Like, she's, I mean, she's phenomenal. Like, she's she's legitimately one of the best female talents you have on your roster, and you couldn't figure out what to do with her. Now, I get that you had some people that are pretty great already on the main roster and stuff, but come on. Anyway, uh, next up, Heidi Lovelace. Uh, of course, we know her now as Ruby Soho. Um, and uh, I, I mean, what, what what can you say about Heidi? Like, just a, a awesome talent. Um, somebody that I think has kind of always had it in, in, in one form or another. Um, and uh, super cool art. And a great card. Yeah. Although uh, I like her art and her Drakkar card that came later the on. The King of Trios. Yeah, the King of yeah. Trios one. I think that one I like even better, but... Yeah, I, you know, I think I like the art honestly for the Shimmer card a little bit better. Um, okay. But but I but I I like the Chikara card better overall. Um, Jessica Havoc, man, here's someone who was basically like the cover girl for the the set, um, and at the time was just kind of you know mowing people down left and right. Um, you know, incredible talent. Uh, someone that has you know wrestled with Shimmer. Um, you know, for the better part of the last 10 years. And, uh, I, I think, you know, has had time on impact has, has wrestled for, for other companies as well. Um, and is just, I, yeah, I mean, a hell of a talent. Um, it's, it's almost a surprise to me that, that she hasn't done more. I think, I know she dealt with an injury at one point, um, that, that put her on the sidelines for a little while. Um, but I, I think that, you know, as far as having kind of like uh, that monster, you know, personality and, and that monster presentation, um, she kind of just nailed it from from the get go and uh, is, is even, I mean, more of a monster now than she was back then when she was like wearing the gas mask and, you know, being being a badass. Uh, and then next up, Nevea, who is actually the current heart of Shimmer champion, um, someone who has been around for uh, a while um, and uh, another great talent and also just an incredibly sweet human. Like both times that I have met her and talked to her, she's just been super, super kind um, and uh, uh, married to Jake Christ, actually. Um, and she had been kind of... 
you know, one of those people that was always a solid worker for, 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 um, Shimmer and, and, you know, pretty much wherever she went, uh, and hadn't necessarily, you know, like held a ton uh, of titles. Um, she was a, a tag team champion with, uh, Ashley Lane, Madison rain, who we also have in the game. Um, but, uh, um, you know, hadn't really done a whole lot other than being like a contender with Jessica Havoc. Uh, she, she teamed with her for a while. Um, but then on the last run of shimmer shows, um, she ended up winning the harder shimmer championship. And I thought it was really fitting because she kind of just, in, in my opinion, fits that bill. She feels kind yeah. of like the heart of shimmer in a lot of ways. um, Next up, we had Sassy Steffi, who is someone that I, frankly, I, I, I have to be completely honest, I don't necessarily know a ton about, um, other than, you know, the, the times that she was there, um, which was, I feel like she, you know, she was there for a while, um, and then she was kind of there, and now she hasn't been there for a while um so it, and, and that's true there have been a lot of women that have kind of come in you know done a few weekends here or there then not been around for a while then come back and done a few shows for a weekend then come back you know but she did have a you know she did have a solid run for a few years there uh in, in the company and um again anytime we get somebody into the game it's it's pretty cool uh at the time i believe at the time that this was released she would have been teaming with nevea actually right i think that's why we had uh, her and theirs for that tag team, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next up, just honestly, one of my favorites uh, is Thunder Kitty. Um, you know, it's weird because looking at this art now, it doesn't really look like her anymore because she actually uh, lost some weight um, and, uh, and and cuts a, a completely different figure, if you will. But um, she uh, is just such a talent and plays her kind of throwback character so well um you know her whole gimmick is that she you know she's basically just stepped out of the 50s um you know she's she's ready to mix it up with mildred burke and and, and may young and you know uh yep. and uh she plays it so well um uh, fun talent not 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 often on the winning end but that's okay <laughs> uh she always puts out a great match uh the uh, next well, one of the few uh, competitors i know who went to old wrestling and didn't have to change the gimmick at all and Right. right in. <laughs> so. um, now the next one up, I, I I always thought was such an interesting one um, because I, I I wanted to know like the story behind how you know we got her in the game, um, and that's Tomoka Nakagawa. Um, Japanese wrestler. She's retired now, um, but she was. I mean, she was just such an awesome talent, and she was one of the you know she was one of the Joshi talents that came over to Shimmer and you know, didn't just come for like a weekend. Uh, you know, Shimmer would bring over Joshi talent, but oftentimes it would be like, you know, one weekend a year or whatever. Right. And Nakagawa would come back, you know, like every weekend that, that, that they had shows and, uh, you know, ended up becoming a tag team champion with Kelly Skater uh, right. and was someone that was really celebrated by the Shimmer crowd. Uh, they, they loved her. Um, she actually you know, kind of had, uh, you know, her, her retirement match, um, in shimmer, uh, wow. which was, which was pretty damn cool. Um, she even took part in, uh, um, Portia Perez's retirement match, which was, uh, I believe her, f like the final match of her career, like legit, she hasn't mm -hmm. wrestled since then. Um, so, uh, so it was actually two 
people's last match that night. But um, uh, great talent. I mean, honestly, just an incredible wrestler. Um, what do you know about getting her in the game, Todd? Because, I, I, yeah, I'm curious about that. Unfortunately, it was kind of during my period where I wasn't as involved in all of the signings together for the Indies. I think this was, you know, Chris was kind of running with the Shimmer at that point and putting that together. So I don't know all the details around that, to be quite honest. Oh, that's fair. I just, I it was like I said, it was something that I was always interested in. And, um uh, again, I, I think uh, it's a great name. It's a super, you know, cool addition to the Shimmer roster. Uh, now, of course, it was around this time also in Promoter Prime. It's worth kind of noting that we did have some Prime releases, yeah. um, and one of those cards was a tag team version of Kelly Skater. Yeah, yeah, and then that, that was a 2014 Prime, which I did uh, verify. 2014 was the year of uh, that second Shimmer set. We actually did do Shimmer sets once a year in that period up until. Uh, 2017 was the last one that we did. Uh, but yes, we did have that tag team card for Kelly Skater. And then the other card that came out that same month in conjunction with uh, the set was Mademoiselle Rochelle. Yeah. It was kind of like a um, manager um, and uh, I think actually managed uh, Sassy Steffi at one point yeah. um, and, and, and others as well. But, you know, having that come out at the same time as the set, you know, certainly, certainly would make sense. And there was one other uh, Shimmer card from that 2014 Prime. Yeah, I think that one was probably more my doing there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so actually coming in, you know, in 2013, we uh, we did have a booth at uh, WrestleCon, and one of the people uh, that we did have come over to the table, which, uh, again, she did come later on for uh, Wrestling Geek Fest, was Leva Bates. Uh, yeah, really loved the whole cosplay character there. And she did the um, the Dark Knight version of the Joker uh, as a costume. And that was one that we really wanted to uh, immortalize in a, in a card form. So we do have that alternate version of, of Leva Bates there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, well, if I can be frank, the artwork is ample. Um, <laughs> it's generous. Um, well, um, there was, there was a couple different versions of, of some women like that, I think too, you know, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but it's a great card. And the thing I love about it is that Leva's card in the first set is good. It's fine. But like this card puts her into genuine contention. Yeah. I, I think feel the like. other one was a little more tag focused too. This it was, was like a little bit higher was... level singles. And she started doing more things in other indies outside of shimmer at that point, started getting a little bit more notoriety. I don't remember exactly where that specific match was that she dressed up. I don't know if it was in shimmer. I can't remember if it was or not. Uh, no, actually, I don't think it was. I can't remember where it was now, but uh, she might have done it in Shimmer at one point because that's something that she often will do, especially yeah. since it's a whole weekend of shows, is that she'll usually like – she tries to debut one or two uh, uh, cosplays at Shimmer Weekend, but sometimes she'll recycle you know, one. It's funny because when she was teaming with um, – uh, oh, goodness gracious me, uh, Delilah Doom. Uh, mm. When she was tag team with Del- Delilah Doom, uh, she was recycling some of her uh, old uh, cosplays, but putting like just a little bit of a spin on it with um, with, Delilah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Delilah, which was a lot of fun. She did her Back to the Future cosplay, which she had done originally with Alice in Danger, where Alice in Danger had been Doc Brown and Leva Bates had been Marty. But this time around, Leva Bates was Doc Brown and Delilah was Marty, which was pretty That great. makes sense, so, yeah. 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 Um, well, yeah, so it's worth noting too. I, I just wanted to go back real quick about um, uh, uh, 
the global green gangsters, Kelly Skater and Tomoka Nakagawa. Uh, they were, up until recently, the longest reigning tag team champions in Shimmer history. Um, and they also had the most successful defenses. They still have the most successful defenses at 13. Um, it's a wow. number not likely to be duplicated because the closest competitors only have six defenses. So uh, the Global Green Gangsters were, you know, one of the, the most vaunted tag teams of uh, Shimmer history, no doubt about it. And Ashley Lane and Nevea, you know, I mentioned they were tag team champions. They were actually the very first tag team champions, um, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, of course, the Canadian Ninjas... Um, are probably the the most decorated being two-time tag champions with a combined reign of nearly 900 days and combined defenses of nearly 10. So um, no no doubting their uh, uh, legitimacy as tag champs either. Um, so let's go to Shimmer Set 3. This set, super cool set, some amazing names in it that I wish could get updates. Uh, We'll talk about that in a second. One of those names, uh, the first name off the bat, of course, has had an update, and that is none other than Allison K. I mean, if, 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 if you asked me a couple of years ago, like, who is the, you know, the, like, indies woman out there, I probably would have said Mercedes Martinez. Um, I maybe would have said cheerleader Melissa. I feel like I would have almost been doing a disservice to Allison Kay when I said that because Allison Kay has been just an an incredible uh, talent on the indie scene, um, and she is, you know, without a doubt, one of the best women um, working, and is and has kind of transitioned so gracefully into that role of you know being the experienced person in the locker room. Um, and I, I think like her, her tag team with Marty Bell, the hex, like, you know, they have just done some, some wonderful stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I, I love, I love Allison Kay. One of the coolest moments I ever witnessed live in wrestling. It was a botch. Unfortunately, Allison Kay hit her head on the, um, ring apron, um, and, and, and just busted herself wide open, um, complete, you know, hard way, unintentional. Uh, and they called the match, the match couldn't continue. And she was, you know, she just put on like such a show, you know, blood just streaming down her face. And then intermission, she comes out with like, you know, her head kind of taped up and is taking pictures with people with like just dried blood all over her face, you know, and, and taking the picture for free, mind you, not charging. Like most people probably would have wow. charged for that photo, right? She didn't. I, I and I and I have a photo with her uh, from that day. But um, yeah, just a great, great talent. No doubt about it. Um, Candice LeRae, uh, another fantastic talent. Um, someone who oddly enough, uh, I don't know that I would necessarily lobby for an update for, because I think the card represents her, um, fairly well. Um, I think that the finisher obviously, uh, should, you know, probably be, uh, changed, uh, to, to the Mr. Toad's wild ride. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think that the, you know, the card actually still represents her fairly well. You might want a stronger card. Um, that's fair, but I, I, I dig it. Um, the interesting thing about her having a shimmer card, of course, is that she had spent a lot of her career, especially at that point, wrestling intergender matches. Right. Um, right. That was kind PWG of special in particular. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, she at one point even made the statement that she didn't want to be a women's wrestler. You know, she just wanted to be a wrestler and she wanted to wrestle whoever it didn't matter. And so I think it kind of, for a while put this, you know, put some, some people didn't see her as being, um, 
you know, a, a shimmer wrestler because that was a women's fed. Right. Uh, but the truth is that she definitely, you know, towards the you know, end of her kind of indies days, she was absolutely, you know, a shimmer wrestler and she was a big part of those shows and she was super popular and, you know, very, very cool. Um, you know, I got to meet her a couple of times. Um, and, and again, yeah, I think, uh, how, how cool is it that we have her in the game? Um, as well, of course, as her husband. Um, right. Now, this next card needs an update, if, if only for the art, but also for the moves. And that is none other than the hardcore daredevil, Kaylee Ray. Uh, I love Kaylee Ray. I think Kaylee Ray is incredibly talented um, and, you know, probably one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, I've seen her wrestle just some incredible matches uh, in Shimmer and, uh, you know, uh, being there live in person for her stuff is, is always fun. But even watching her stuff, um, you know, the stuff she did with Piper Niven um, over in IC. W in Scotland, it was just so great. Um, and then of course, you know, the run she's had in NXT UK and NXT, I think has also been fantastic. She's been one of the few people I feel like has been able to, um, name change aside, uh, has been able to really kind of like thrive regardless of where she's at, which is a testament to her ability. Yeah, no, this, yeah, no, that was definitely, uh, she was just kind of gaining her name at that point. I know she's yes. really kind of taken off from there. So yeah, that was a, a good, you know, good timing on her card, uh, being there for sure. So next up we have crazy Mary Dobson and, uh, she got a great card. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, I, I think, uh, it represented her well for where she was at that particular, uh, point in her career. Um, you know, she has clearly done, some other things. Uh, some, <laughs> uh, most people would know her as Sarah Logan from uh, WWE, her time in WWE. Um, she was a member of the Riot Squad with Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. Uh, now, of course, Ruby Soho. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because I really enjoyed her time on the Indies, actually, and I enjoyed her time in Shimmer. I thought she had a really great character. I thought, you know, she, she was good in the ring. And then I just felt like she got to WWE and I don't know what happened to her, but I didn't, I don't know. I, I, I liked her, but I, and maybe it's just the way she was used. I just never felt like she clicked in WWE. Uh, didn't, didn't see him. Occasionally she got a little momentum, but yeah, not nearly as much as, you know, on the Indies there. Uh, this is a, uh, uh, Mary was somebody that I had signed, I think at the uh, AIW, uh, around that time. Um, and uh, it was really great because I liked, liked the character a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I definitely thought, you know, someone I wanted to get uh, in the game. Um, but, yeah, no, yeah, unfortunately, just never really kind of clicked after that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, again, you know, she like you said, she would have, like, little runs here or there where you'd start to maybe feel a little momentum or whatever. But I felt like, yeah, the the, the character – the character that she had in WWE never clicked the way that I felt like the crazy Mary character clicked. And you know, we never got to see her really wrestle a match the way that we got to see her wrestle on the Indies as well. I think is part of it. I don't know. That's fair. Uh, Next up would be Melanie Cruz. Uh, Melanie Cruz has kind of an interesting story because she was with Shimmer for a while. And, um, you know, I, I think was, uh, a very important part of Shimmer. Um, and then she, she had a child actually. And so she, you know, was out for a while. Um, but then she returned, uh, and, uh, was, uh, at, at the time she had been, let's see. Um, I can't remember actually 
where she had been before. But when she came back, um, you, you know, they kind of made a big deal of her of her return, um, and it didn't end up really going anywhere. I think part of it was just because, uh, I, I, you know, this is, this would have been what, 2017 maybe. Um, cause I think she actually got injured, um, shortly after she came back, um, which was, you know, unfortunate, but, um, I, I yeah, I feel like she's just one of those people that like never had, um, she didn't get to finish the run maybe that she could have had and not because she had the baby, but because when she came back, you, you know, the, the teaming with Rosemary and all that sort of stuff, it just didn't necessarily go where I think it maybe could have gone. Um, but that said, this card of course would have represented her more kind of in that, you know, prime, uh, of her career. Right. Yeah. She was really kind of building up at that point. So yeah, that's, she was kind of a player towards the top of the scene at that point. So it yeah. definitely made sense to include her. Uh, next up, one of my favorite wrestlers uh, in Shimmer and also in Pro Wrestling Eve, and that is Rhea O'Reilly. Um, oh, really? O'Reilly. Uh, so I think that this is definitely someone that could use an update. I would love to see an updated card for Rhea because um, she has done some pretty cool stuff since her early days in Shimmer when she was kind of brought in, I think, as like a protege for Surya Knight and everything. And uh, um you know, her, her time over in, uh, Ireland and in the UK, um, just, she, I mean, she's kind of one of the top women working there. Um, she's been a pro wrestling Eve champion. Um, I believe the longest reigning pro wrestling Eve champion actually. Um, and I think is someone that, uh, has surpassed the, the level that this card represents for her. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I'd like the art here, though. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. The bottle and everything like that is, is really neat. I totally agree. The art's awesome. The the art is awesome. Um, uh, yeah, she's, um, yeah, she, I, like I said, I, she's great. I, I think she's fantastic. I really like her uh, a lot, and I would love to, I'd love to get the opportunity um, to, to have an updated card for her, um, just because I think that, you know, some of the stuff she could do with some of those international women cards that we just released recently, you know, have, putting her in matches against Jetta and Charlie Morgan and stuff would be a lot of fun. Sure. Next up is Taylor Maid, um, another woman that kind of, I feel like, has been a little bit forgotten um, by you know, the, uh, the, 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 the sands of time when it comes to shimmer wrestling. Um, you know, she was there for, for a while, um, and had definitely, um, you know, a, a good run, um, but not necessarily. Did she team with Allison K there at that time? That may be, uh, I think she maybe had a tag team that do some similar gear there. I think that's why we had her in there. Is to anytime we kind of had someone that was kind of you know, one we wanted to put in and maybe had a tag partner that was you know, sometimes a, a tiebreaker about who we would include, in yeah, because th that's right, because the team was was made in sin, that was made in sin. That's right. I knew there's some, some type of uh play on words there for that team, yes, yes, yeah, they did. They teamed together for a while, um, uh, and um, would have been. 2012, 2013-ish, uh, maybe even past that, maybe maybe even as far into 2015, I don't know. Um, yeah, they were still, she would have still been wrestling, that we wouldn't have put anybody that, you know, would have stopped wrestling much before, I think, at that point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because her last, I think her last appearance would have been in 2016, but that, um, yeah, yeah, so she was there, she was there for like 20, yeah, 2016 was her last um 
her last Shimmer appearance on volume 83. Um, one of their Logan Square Auditorium shows. Um, and then last but certainly not least, uh, someone who I always enjoyed quite a bit um, was Vanessa Craven. Um, they, you know, built her up so well. Um through her tag team with um, Tessa Blanchard in particular. Um, and she, uh, you know, she was just the, I, I think kind of like the perfect monster um, in a lot of ways. In fact, I, if I'm going to be completely frank, she was everything that, um, uh, Oh God. Now I can't think of her name. How can I possibly be blanking on her name? Uh, WWE. N- Nia Jax. Yeah, Nia Jax. She was everything I think that Nia Jax wished she could have been. Um, unfortunately, she um, did end up having an injury, um, broke her leg and ankle um, and, uh, in 2018, and uh, she ended up having to retire from, from wrestling, um, which is too bad because, yeah, she was great in Shimmer. Um, I, I really enjoyed her in Shimmer. She was tag team champion with Tessa Blanchard, um, and when she and Tessa finally split and, and Vanessa Craven turned face it, it genuinely looked like they were going to potentially push her towards um at the very least a title shot if not um you know actually get her uh with the belt um at some point in time um you know dave obviously can't make too many long-term plans because you know people people leave and and you can't always bring people back but i think that that's uh certainly a route that he could have gone eventually you know uh, had he been given the opportunity um but yeah, she was she was great. I I always enjoyed watching her. Um, I enjoyed her as a heel a great deal. I enjoyed her with uh, with Tessa. I, I enjoyed uh, her uh, a lot. I was there when they split. I was there the night that they split, and um, everything that kind of followed up. I felt like they never got the chance to really have the feud that they wanted to have between the two of them, and that was partly because no one knew what was happening with Tessa and, and no one knew what was happening with Vanessa. There was the idea that Tessa was gone for sure. And mm-hmm. then she was going to go to WWE and then something happened and she didn't go to WWE. And then Vanessa did go to WWE and it looked like Vanessa was going to actually sign with WWE and then she broke her leg. Oh, so And this, and, the, and all of that pretty much happened within the span of like a year. And because the way that shimmer runs their shows, like, you know, it, it just, they, they couldn't have the blow off. I think that a lot of fans, myself included, wanted them to have. Right. Um, so it, things kind of fizzled out, if you will. Um, but that said, yeah, I, I, I was, thought, I was Doug Vanessa. I thought she was cool. Um, so around this time also, we did have some uh, promoter prime releases. Uh, and yes. I think it was more of a, Historical Shimmer team, if I'm not mistaken, of Ariel and Nikki Rocks uh, came out. Yes. Point. Yeah. So um, Ariel was definitely someone from the early days of Shimmer. Um, she, uh, I, I think, um, uh, you know, was someone that, that uh, the fans, you know, ended up kind of taking to. Um, uh, and she was on... Oh gosh, let's see. When was her? When was her last volume? Because I feel like she actually came back at one point. Um, she was on the very first volume. I know that. And then I guess no, I guess volume forty three would have been her last one. So she was around for, you know, 
good six years, um, you know, working mostly in, in the mid card, um, you know, or, or lower card, uh, but picking up plenty of, uh, of wins, uh, along the way. Uh, and of course, you know, having quite a few defeats as well. Um, and That's then, right. yeah, the, the other card, um, Nikki rocks, um, you know, Nikki was someone that was around, uh, pretty much, from the beginning as well, if I'm not mistaken, was she on the mm-hmm. very first card? No, volume three was her very first volume. Um, and she worked all the way up until, um, oh, let's see, what would have been her last? Volume 43 as well. So she and Ariel basically, uh, you know, worked from the early days all the way up until about 2011. So yeah, the, this would have definitely been kind of like you say, like the tribute, uh, if you will, to to Shimmer Wrestlers that uh, had, had moved on to other their life choices. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think at that time, Ty wanted to, you know, bring in some, some, you know, names in the past and shimmer. I thought that was a good, a good spot to have him in and promoter prime. So that was great. Yeah, for sure. So shimmer volume four, um, we get Casey Spinelli, um, who uh, was always a fun wrestler to watch and tried to get over a weird gimmick where she would, say two scoops i don't know it didn't get over with the crowd that's besides <laughs> the point uh she does hold a win over jack briscoe and that's <laughs> true she does <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh no i i think casey spinelli is a lot of fun and and she's done um you know quite a bit in her career uh of course not only uh with shimmer but has also uh been uh a part of impact wrestling um and you know held a lot of titles especially up in canada which is where she hails from um and we had her tag partner in the set as well uh xandra bale that's right um and i honestly don't know a whole lot about xandra bale if i'm being completely honest um she's she's kind of one of my blind spots i've seen her matches um you know a couple of her shimmer matches but i don't know much about her outside of that yeah uh, i think yeah I, I don't know a ton either um but yeah, especially a lot of her time in Canada there. But again, one of those cases where you know we wanted to get a you know, get a tag team. A lot of the sets we try to try to bring in another women's tag team best we can, and you know that was a one that was definitely uh, challenging for the title a lot uh, during yes. during that time period. Yeah, in fact, they had actually uh, on their last appearance together. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Volume Ninety. They uh, they challenged Mount Tessa, Tessa Blanchard, and Vanessa Craven for the Shimmer Tag Team Champion uh, cha- Championship. Excuse me, and that would have been their last um, their last appearance. Um, that actually, it's funny. Um, that was the show before. Uh, I started going because I started going with Shimmer 92, oh, okay. um, which would have been in July of 2017. And that show was in November of 2016. So I didn't uh, didn't get to that one, unfortunately. Uh, I wish I had because I had also had the main event of Mercedes Martinez and Kelly Skater oh, nice. uh, for the championship. Um, and then uh, also we got a Mia Yim update because uh, Mia Yim, of course, had had a card from CZW. Um, yeah, two updates in the set, actually. That's but, right. Yeah. Yeah. Great update. I thought the the stats fit her perfectly. And yeah. certainly, you, you know, I feel like this card still represents her well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, time might make a few tweaks here or there, perhaps. I don't know. But uh, I, I thought the car, card represented her well. Um, I think that Mia's great. I think she's been great anywhere she's landed, um, whether it's been... Um, 
Impact uh, or, or, of course, WWE. Uh, I look forward to whatever it is that she's going to do next. Uh, of course, her husband is now wrestling in AEW, so who knows? Um, but she's... Uh, she's yeah, a she just showed up in Impact, though, recently, right? That's oh, did she? Sort of, yeah, I think she, oh, just I, showed, she just showed up in Impact. Yeah. I'm so behind. Um, so... Uh, one of the uh, one of the cool stories I have about attending Shimmer is that she was wrestling a match against uh, Nicole Matthews and uh, Nicole Matthews or no 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 excuse me it was a, it was a title match against Mercedes Martinez and Mercedes Martinez kind of kept stalling going out of the ring and um, you, you know anytime like uh, Mia would kind of get the the upper hand Mercedes would roll out kind of play mind games and finally Mia Yim rolled out and uh, she she uh, one of the things Mercedes kept doing is going to get a drink of water and so Mia rolled out of the ring and she looked and she's like you know who's, who's got a drink and I happened to be right there because I was front row and I, I gave her my water bottle and uh, you know she she took a drink and uh, then she came back over and um, you know talked to me a couple of times during the match uh, which is a lot of fun because they, they do that quite a bit um, on the shows and during intermission uh, I was able to go over and you know get a picture with her and um, she she was funny because you know she had literally just wrestled the match because it was the main event and uh, and then she's out there for intermission and and uh, she was like oh my god I look horrible let's take another picture so we took like three pictures because uh, <laughs> uh, she was you know she was sweaty and still had some red marks on her chest from where uh, Mercedes had, had chopped her a few times uh, but she's really sweet very kind I, I've, I've had the chance to talk to her a couple of times but um uh, yeah, great, great wrestler. One of my favorite matches that I've ever seen live, Mia Yim versus Aja Kong. I thought they, they just they oh, tore it up, cool. had a, such a kick-ass match. And, um, y- you know, I think both of them having similar uh, backgrounds as far as their parentage, uh, you know, really kind of tied them together. And Mia Yim, you know, put over Aja Kong, talked about how she looked up to her, um, which was pretty cool. Uh, the other update in the set uh, is we get the Shimmer Taker, and 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 I do not say that lightly because this card is absolutely Shimmer Taker worthy. That is none other than Nicole Matthews. This is clearly you know a main event Nicole Matthews card. Um, she had been Shimmer Champion at this point, and um, you know really kind of has, has earned, I think, that, that Shimmer Taker reputation, both, you know, backstage and then also, of course, in the ring. Um, not because she's this unbeatable monster so much as she is, you know, just dependable and, and can go out there and have a great match with anybody. And uh, I, yeah, I've seen her do it n- numerous times. You know, she can wrestle serious, she can wrestle comedy. Um, I think she kind of excels at the comedy stuff, but um, she's also great at, you know, at, at just pure wrestling um, and, yep. and a hell of a talent. Uh, then we got the, uh, at the time uh, that this set came out, I believe, um, the heart of Shimmer Champion, uh, Nicole Savoy. And of course, she would also become, uh, go on to become the Shimmer Champion uh, as well. Um, I think Nicole is awesome. Uh, I heard a rumor recently and hoped it wasn't true, but it looks like it is, is that she is retiring um, from, uh, wrestling, um, which is, which is too bad. Um, because she, she is, she's just, uh, you know, one of my favorites and, uh, I got to see her wrestle a lot of really cool matches. Her feud that took place, um, over a few, uh, um, tapings uh against mercedes martinez i thought was kind of played to perfection and was you know kind of that perfect moment where you know the seasoned veteran uh who has this heel stable and has um you know kind of shown uh savoy the ropes and everything ends up basically you know 
putting over the younger talent um, for the title. And uh, yeah, just just a uh, cool storyline. And, and Nicole Savoy, you know, to see her kind of go from being sort of this, you know, mid-level heel kind of to all of a sudden being the top babyface and champion over the span of literally 24 hours. Because that's the thing. It's like, you know, it might have been four shows, but for us in the audience, it was 24 hours. It, it was pretty remarkable the way that it played out. And I thought wow. that it was set up and, and done perfectly. Um, she would end up losing the title um, to Kimberly in a four-way match. Um, she was champion for 721 days and had 17 successful defenses uh, all over the world. She defended the title uh, multiple locations, not just in Shimmer. Um, this card, of course, uh, is not going to win the shimmer championship no no i think at this point she you know, <laughs> still on her way up not quite yeah. at the top yeah um and not that it's a bad card by any means i mean it's a strong it's still a strong card um and 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 worthy of her but not necessarily the main event card um that that she could have you know should she get an update um yeah. next up Shayna baszler who of course is named that uh we all know now uh she's had quite the run in wwe uh at the time she'd not been wrestling that long um, no this was kind of more of a prospect card uh, i think for sure this is one name that i knew she started training yeah i heard her on some you know some things before she was a guest on a podcast that i was listening to quite often then i really kind of dug her then and knew she was starting to train and just kind of given her background and you know everybody she kind of knew at that point i'm like i think this is somebody that's going to be doing something and she's you know started going to shimmer We're like okay we can officially put her in a shimmer set now uh i think zeke had uh, signed her at one point she was i think training out in the las vegas area and doing a lot of yep. indies in california and Nevada. Uh, so he had signed her at that point, but that, this was someone like, all right, she needs to be in the set before we can't get her in a set anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, she was trained by Josh Barnett and Billy Robinson for God's right. sake. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I mean? She had, she, she had the pedigree and, and, and is one of the few, you know, legit MMA, you know, I'm not going to say badass or whatever. She, she had like a 15 and 11 record or whatever, but still like legitimate MMA fighters, um, out there in wrestling, you know, she's, she's, she's the real deal. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I thought Shana was super cool. She, I mean, unexpectedly nice. Cause she, she really knows how, and I mean, obviously I think training with Josh Barnett, it's, it's, it's probably something you have to pick up cause that's the way he presents himself too. But her presentation, when she comes out, like you're kind of scared of her. Yeah. Like you think she could kill you, but, but again, shimmer kind of being the way that it is. And I was, and I, my front row seats happened to be kind of in the heel corner, um, or usually the heel corner of matches. So, uh, uh, Shayna would be over there where she was a lot of times, uh, she would be seconding like Mercedes and Nicole in matches. And, and, and she'd be out there like having fun, telling jokes, like talking with people and everything. And if it wasn't for her, I don't know that I would have gotten Mercedes Martinez autograph because Mercedes was like kind of not really, you know, she was kind of standing out there because sometimes they all go out there just because they have to stand out there, but she wasn't really doing anything. And, you know, she was kind of like taking pictures or whatever. Uh, but, uh, I had my cards and, and, and Shayna saw them and, and she was just sort of like, Oh, come here. And so she just like took me over and, you know, like cut in line and everything and had, you know, Mercedes sign my card and, you know, it was, was super cool. Uh, uh, and I, I'm just thrilled with the, kind of all the success that she's had because, um, you know, we don't get to say this a lot, unfortunately. Uh, but she really has had quite a bit of success, uh, in WWE. And I think yeah. they've treated her well, presented her well. Um, and she's done, she's done great. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Glad we got to do that card for her. Here's somebody who uh, I don't necessarily know needs an update specifically, but I would love to see an update, at least maybe some updated art, because she has certainly changed her appearance quite a bit, and that is Shaza McKenzie. The time this card was released, um, she yeah, it was not yet Heart of Shimmer Champion, but would become Heart of Shimmer Champion shortly after, I believe. Um, and, you know, presented herself as just clean cut, you know, as white meat as they come, and and very much uh, in in the babyface vein. Um, that's changed. She's still mostly presented as a babyface, but has a lot more attitude and is absolutely you know been heel in in some places. Um, but great talent. Uh, I, I I mean, really really wonderful wrestler. Um, and in the matches that I have seen her live in, she's one of those people that is just she sells really well. She's really smooth. Um, she surprises you sometimes with some of the athleticism and, and some of the things that she can do. Uh, and, and I've always enjoyed watching her. I didn't necessarily, I, like, I wasn't as big of a fan of hers as some of the other shimmer crowd seemed to be, but I grew to appreciate her because of, you know, her in-ring skills. And, and, and honestly, since she kind of added the attitude and has become a little bit more heelish, I think I kind of like her more now. Um, but now you're the one liking heels, then. Hey, I've grown. I've grown. What can I say? Uh, but yeah, but no, Shaz is awesome and uh, really, really cool card. Yeah, no, I think I, I saw Shaz a couple times at King of Trios. She you know, came over as part of the contingent. She was always great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here's a card that we have a, an update for, luckily, and that is Solo Darling. Um, you know, Solo is uh, such an interesting talent, uh, great presentation. Um, I've always enjoyed uh, watching her. I think that, you know, again, she presents herself very, very well. And, uh, you know, um, this this card it was not necessarily going to win a ton of matches. No, uh, I think her I think her Chikara card is definitely a good representation of where she is now. Yeah. Uh, but at the time that it, that this card came out, I I think it was yeah I think you know that's that's where she was right. Yeah. Um, yeah I think the later one was more of the B character, and this one was more of a what was it? Uh, I guess like a Fox character or something like that. She was going. I can't remember what it was. I, I maybe it was like a Tanuki squirrel thing. The squirrel thing, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> but maybe you know, things like you know, like incorporating some of her initial gimmick where she'd have the sugary drink, and sometimes she'd take yep. that and power up. So we want to make sure we got in that. It's a very unique height, weight, and hometown uh, <laughs> stats. Uh, taller than a stack of pancakes, leaner than a pint of ice cream from the Enchanted Forest. Yeah. Little darling. Yep, and that's exactly how she gets announced. Uh, and and you know, I, I like I said, I, I I've always liked her. Uh, I thought she's a heck of a lot of fun and a good wrestler too. You know, she's she's good in the ring, and she has, um, you know, I, last tag team champ in uh, in Chikara with with Alona Nightingale. So um, yeah, I'm. I, I'm glad that we have her in the game. I'm glad that, you know, we, we got an updated card for her too, because I think that it suited her and, and it plays well, especially for, um, Chikara feds. Um, all right. And and then we did have a pro to prime card that did come out around the same time. And that was that updated Courtney rush in the Rosemary character. She was still, I think going by Courtney rush in shimmer at that time. Uh, but did have that, 
that character that she was displaying at that time. Yeah. And I think this is a good representation of her. I do, you know, I would argue that maybe you could give her a slightly stronger card, um, you know, uh, um, that would have represented her a little bit more when she was, you know, clearly like main event caliber in both Impact and Shimmer, um, because I don't necessarily know that this card is exactly that. I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't give her a main event run, but I do think that, you know, stat-wise, maybe giving her a slightly stronger defense. Um, but but for when the card was released, I think it it did a good job of representing her. Yeah. Um, you know, it's also worth mentioning that in Promoter Prime uh, mm-hmm. in 2016, that there were two other cards that were not Shimmer branded cards, but both women had, of course, wrestled for Shimmer. Uh, one is Brittany Blake, who is someone that has gone on to do, um, you know, some, I, I think, have a little bit more of a higher profile on the indies. Um, at the time, you know, I think she was literally like fresh out of training school when this card got Yeah, she was in the, 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 there's a Dojo Wars card. So, yeah, yeah, she was definitely still doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I spoke with her and I got her card signed, uh, you know, just which I had printed, obviously, because this was the PDF days, but uh, she uh, said that. And I'm not making this up. She said that when she showed her dad she had a card, it was the first time she may have just been, you know, slightly joking, but she said it was the first time he like took her legitimately as a wrestler, uh, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, yeah. So, um, so she's aware of her card. Uh, but yeah, also I, somebody I think that is really good. Um, and I've seen her uh, tag with Samantha Heights and then they had a little feud uh, against one another as well, um, which I think kind of stalled out, unfortunately, due to the pandemic. But um Someone who has grown quite a bit, and I, and I think it's someone we'll be seeing. Speaking of someone who has grown, the other person that got released in Promoter Prime 2016 is a woman by the name of Davina Rose, who had, of course, wrestled for Shimmer at that point. And I think we all know her better under a different name, wouldn't you say, Todd? Yep. Hey, we want some better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, if we could get an update of that card. Uh, yeah, clearly... I think this is one where it was kind of like a retroactive card. I mean, she had already kind of made her name as right. Bailey at that time. And we're like, hey, we signed her a long time ago and never did a card for her. So we kind of slaughtered her into Promoter Prime. So there you go. Which I'm, I'm glad. It's nice to at least have the card, even if it's not representative yeah. at, at all of, of, of no. where she is now. But, uh, you know, she's certainly gone on to become, you know, one of the, the top wrestlers uh, in, you know, on the planet. And, uh, it's cool that we, that we have her. So, um, yeah, yep. yes. Uh, so shimmer volume five, what a awesome set. Some of my favorite wrestlers, some, some women that I got to, uh, interview, talk with, spend some time with, um, are in this set. And, uh, I know for a fact that I was the first person to show them their cards, um, because That's the right. cards had not actually been technically released yet, but I had them, um, uh, because they were there at the, the, the Shimmer Show. Uh, they didn't have them yet um, at the Shimmer Show, rather, but I had mine and uh, was able to show them their cards. They hadn't seen them. And uh, we'll kick off, of course, with one of the most popular women wrestlers on the face of the planet today, Britt Baker. Uh, doctor, excuse me, Dr. Britt She Baker. was not doctor this time. She, was she not. not completed the doctorate. So <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, you know, so the funny thing is, is that I, this was, you know, when this set came out, it was right around the time when I was starting to like kind of get to know some of the people, um, you know, who work behind the scenes. And uh, I don't know that you and I had necessarily spoken yet, um, but, but shortly after I know that we would. And yeah. um, I correctly guessed every single name in this set 
uh, on the boards, um, which always, wow. made, always made me very proud. Um, and part of that was because at that particular, when the set came out is when I was like regularly attending Shimmer and Rise shows. And so I was very familiar with this roster because they had both wrestled on Shimmer and Rise uh, shows. So, um, or for the most part anyway. So uh, when, I mean. Oh, so Brit- you almost would have been wrong, but uh, we'll get to that story in a little bit. <laughs> um, Britt was uh, just an awesome um addition to the game, even then, even before she became, you know, DMD. Uh, I really liked her, her tag team, um, with Chelsea green fire and nice, uh, was, was awesome. You know, it was funny because watching them and seeing them come to the ring, like they just looked like what WWE would go after. Do you know what I mean? Like they just, that's like, okay, yep. The, you know, they're not going to be here long sort of thing. Um, and they were both solid in the ring already. Um, fun to watch. And, uh, uh, yeah, just, just uh, enjoyable. So I was so glad that they both got cards in this set. Um, Cat Power was another one um, that I was pretty sure was going to, you know, get a card sooner rather than later. Or, or, or I hoped would get a card sooner rather than later. Um, you know, fun fun gimmick and uh, someone that I didn't get to see a whole lot of in Shimmer. Um, but I was able to see uh, elsewhere um, in, you know, via via tape and stream. She did a lot of work in Japan, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Is that right? Um, Yes. Yes, that is right. Yeah. Um, She did a lot of work in Japan uh, and uh, in Canada as well. Gotcha. Um, So, uh, but yeah, uh, somebody who, uh, again, I was really glad to see get a card and um, um, a great uh, addition in this particular set. Uh, Dust. Oh man, here's someone that when I, okay, so when I kind of got back into going to live wrestling shows, um, the first show that I had seen in like 17 years uh, was Rise 3 Medic. And the main event of that show uh, was Dust versus Shotzi Blackheart for the Rise Championship. Um, Rise had done some wonderful kind of like YouTube videos to help build the promotion. And so I was able to kind of get caught up on the promotion through those videos. And they had done this great thing with Zoe Sky, who became Dust's character, where she started off um, kind of not really having much of a character, just kind of being a wrestler, right? Like that's her character. She's just, she's just a chick that wrestles. And the videos were kind of about her journey to try to find a character. And all throughout these videos, there would be like these like, you know, horror movie kind of flash cuts to Rosemary. And by the end of the video or the end of these series of videos, Rosemary basically like, you know, poisons dust and takes her over and brings her over to her, uh, you know, her faction and, and, and Shotzi had been set up to be kind of like this baby face that was fighting against their faction. And they had a dog collar match and, you know, Shotzi got busted open and it was, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but I was kind of sold on her because, uh, I thought she was such a great, um, uh, in-ring talent. And, and now she kind of had this cool character as well. Um, she is, is actually the current Shimmer champion, potentially right. the last Shimmer champion, depending on how things go. We'll see. Um, so I was really excited for her to have this card. Uh, I think it's a great card. She actually assigned a card for my daughter as well, which I thought was really cool. Um, I think she needs an update 
Um, <laughs> Maybe. But, I think uh, she had just taken over this uh, gimmick at this yeah. time. I remember we were putting together her card, and I think we were going to do a Go Zoe Sky. He's like, hey, you know, I'm changing my gimmick. Can we do you know, the dust? Or was, was she Angel Dust at one point or another? I think she somewhere? was, yeah. I think she was. And everybody said, we're just going to be dust. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we we went with that. I think this is right around the time that she debuted that character. We, we had this card out. Yeah, that would sound about right because it would have been um – uh, yeah, it had to have been. It had to have been pretty close to when when the card came out. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe not even six months before. Um, next up, somebody else who I loved watching, and I thought, you know, I unfortunately has not done a whole lot. I know she she suffered some injuries, and um, but had spent some time in Japan, spent some time, you know, on the West Coast, uh, East Coast, pretty much all over the place, uh, and that's Hudson Envy. Uh, I just think that she, I, I, she, you know, she just brought it in the ring and I, I thought that she had a ton of potential. Um, her kicks and her strikes were, you know, were pretty great. Um, presented herself as, as kind of a monster without being necessarily built like a monster. Um, which was, which worked, you know, just worked for her. She had the attitude for it and, um, and the moveset for it. I think the card represents her really, really well. Um, you know, she's got kind of that strong offense and, you know, decent defense, you know, certainly somebody that's going to make a run at like your heart of shimmer title or something like that. Um, but she was someone that I really enjoyed so much so that before this set came out, before I knew it was coming out, uh, I mean, I knew it was coming, but I didn't necessarily know when it was coming specifically. I had two, I had Warner do two pieces of art for me, uh, for bootlegs. And one was Hudson Envy and the other one was Shotzi Blackheart. Um, I showed them their, their, their art, their bootleg art actually, uh, and got the, the bootleg art that I had, uh, done up signed by, uh, each of them individually. And I gave them copies of it as well. Um, and they both thought it was really, really cool, but they, they were just you kind of two of my early early favorites as I was getting back in, uh, to, you know, to seeing like live wrestling and going to these shows and, and becoming a fan. Um, but yeah, un- unfortunately, um, you know, she hasn't, she hasn't done much, um, recently and, uh, I, I don't know exactly what her current status is. Um, I just know that it's been, it's been close to three years uh, since she was in the ring. And again, mm-hmm. I know she had suffered an injury at one point, um, but I didn't know if it was like career threatening. Um, next up, the lost girl, Samantha Heights, uh, Samantha Heights, so cool, super sweet, incredibly kind, uh, someone who I do think probably needs an update as well, because she's definitely gone beyond this sort of, you know, lower card, uh, stats that she gets that she, she has in, in this, um, yeah, I thought the stats are a little lower than I thought they should have been, you know, I think that was one I was like, eh, shoot, but you know, I kind of went with ties. Ties a judgment at that point. Yeah, I don't think you know. The thing is, is I think at, at the point when the card came out, I you know I, I can I, I I don't mind it. You know what I mean? Like I'm like maybe they could have been a little bit better, but 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 now for sure now like I yeah. would definitely want her to have um you know better better stats because I do think that within probably a year. Uh, of when the card came out, she really started to come into her own, started picking up quite a few wins, started being more of a, a, a legitimate contender. Um, she became the, the Heart of Shimmer champion, actually beat her setmate Dust um, for that title um, at Shimmer Volume 113, um, which was almost exactly three years ago. Um, and, and yeah, just a great, again, a great personality. Uh, another another person who I had signed some stuff actually for my daughter Um <clears throat> because uh, it's funny, I think I, I started going to shows right before I got married, like maybe like three months or so before I got married, and then uh, went uh, the weekend, 
I didn't go the weekend after my daughter was born, but I went the weekend following that. Um, and so the funny thing is, is that some of the wrestlers that I had spoken to, like knew that, I mean, I don't know if they remembered necessarily, but I had told them, you know, in conversation that, uh, my wife was going to have a baby or whatever. So when I came back, um, I had a couple of the wrestlers sign stuff for her and Samantha Heights was one of them. And Delilah Doom was another one actually. Um, and she remembered, uh, which I thought was really, really sweet. Um, because, uh, I didn't even have to say anything. She just asked me. Um, and I was, like, I was like, yes, yes, yes. My daughter has been born. Um, next up we have Shotzi Blackheart, uh, who again has just gone on to bigger and better things um well better i don't know better <laughs> but bigger things definitely yeah. bigger um, she, she was big for a while and on the nxt side once I, once she's gotten called up i haven't heard much about her personally but i think the thing is is it's like she's one of those people that because she because of the personality they they they're definitely still kind of pushing her but they're not necessarily there it's like she's in that solid upper mid card kind of spot where she yeah. might never really get beyond that or she might. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But they definitely seem to like everything about her presentation. She sells merch. I know she sells merch. So, like, that's something that they always, you know, they're always about. Like, if you sell merch, we'll, we'll position you well. There you go. Um, and she has to be selling merch because it seems like she has a new T-shirt every week. And they wouldn't give her – they wouldn't do that if she wasn't, you know, moving merch. So, um, But I think she's got that look that people – you know, that, that a lot of people like, especially, you know, kind of – you know, people that might have that DIY or punk kind of, uh, um, you know, look that they, yeah. they want to add. But know. this is somebody who I absolutely wanted in the set. I thought yeah. she had an awesome look, you know, and, and personality and wanted to get, you know, obviously get in. I mean, the hair was, on, you know, we had to get in. There was no choice there. But, you know, with the helmet and I thought the flag was cool. And, you know, just getting all those elements in there, I thought, uh, yeah, just, just, yeah, made it. She was just very... Just awesome character to do a card for, so very glad to to get her in there. Yeah, yeah, and I mean Shotzi, it's it's no lie. Shotzi is the one that that got me back into wrestling, quite frankly, because I uh, I ended up um, going to see Rise, and the only reason I went is because of her promo. Uh, I saw the promo video that, that she did on YouTube uh, to, to build to the dog collar match. And that was what sold me. And I told her that I, I told her that. And uh, I, I think that, you know, the charisma that she has, and I didn't know this at the time, but uh, I mean, she's a trained actor. Like she went to the, uh, huh. you know, American Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts. Um, and, you know, she's uh, been involved in kind of entertainment her whole life, you know, got into wrestling and, and has been you know working as a wrestler now for what, six or seven years um hasn't even been wrestling that long necessarily but clearly had a trajectory and uh i think is another one of those people that you know prazak knew he wasn't going to get for long but i think if he if he would have had her for long he would have absolutely put her all the way to the top because that's yeah. just that's you know just she had it um and and you know i certainly wasn't the only one that saw that she's also the very first wrestler i ever interviewed um for for the old king of pro wrestling podcast um did an interview with her um at a bar uh sipping whiskey uh back back when i would tip him back and uh she was a blast she was awesome you know she she sat there at the bar with me for you know probably an hour and a half or so um just just talking and um uh yeah cool. it, was, it was incredibly sweet and 
and uh, a lot of fun. And actually, oddly enough, shortly after the interview moved to Indianapolis, which was my old stomping grounds and worked at the sinking ship as a bartender, one of my favorite bars. Uh, and I didn't get the chance to go see her while she was working. Um, but, uh, we, you know, we're, we're friends like on the, in the social media verse, and we would shoot messages back to one another every once in a while, because, you know, I would tell her about like this thing or that thing or whatever that she should check out in Indy. Um, and that was kind of her home base until she moved down to, to Orlando. Um, and, uh, she's, I think she's awesome. And, uh, I am so glad that she's, you know, had the, the career, uh, that, that she has carved out for herself because she, she's worked hard. And, and again, I think she just kind of has that, that it thing, um, that not a lot of people, you know, can have you can't manufacture yeah. it so um so we'll see we'll see where she goes from here uh and she's she, she takes risks that's for sure oh yeah um <clears throat> at last uh but certainly not least someone who got derailed unfortunately because they were dumb but uh before they were dumb and before we knew they were dumb uh was arguably the you know the hottest woman talent on the indies you know or or you know just anywhere and that is tessa blanchard um Tessa, uh, I, I mean, seeing her work, uh, it, when when she was working Shimmer as a heel, she was doing MJF before MJF did MJF. Like, mm. that's the kind of heat she could get. And that is saying something, because Shimmer crowds are, you know, w- would like to think that they're pretty smart. Yeah. And even the heeliest of heels, if you will, you know, would still have their supporters Right, not right. Tessa. Not like, Tessa. Tessa would <laughs> hate her. Tessa, Tessa made like a seven-year-old girl cry. You know, like I mean, she she was she was awful in the best way, uh, and she could wrestle, um, and she kept getting better every time you saw her in the ring. She was getting better. Um, I one thing I will ask about the card is: Do you know why her uh, finisher isn't the Magnum? I mean, it is, but it's, but it's called, it's just called what it is as opposed to being called the Magnum. I'm not sure. I know there was a little bit of a rush on, on this card uh, yeah. because we actually had an eighth card that was planned and we had the art for it too. And it was all ready to go. And we got Tessa very much at the last minute and, you know, Ty was able to put some stuff together Um I'm not sure why it was named that. Uh, I, I, I maybe just you know he knew what the move was, but maybe didn't know what the name was or something. And sure, and maybe didn't get any clarification on some special move names or something. That's the only thing I can think of for that. I was yeah. I just always wondered that because it, she she called it uh, Magnum after you know her her stepfather right uh, right yeah, yeah. Makes and, sense. and that was the yeah that was the the name of the move um, that she used and uh, um, yeah anyway Tessa was cool I have I, I, the weird thing is I have a, a few Tessa stories the the number one Tessa story being that um, she very rarely again kind of playing up to the fact that she's a heel uh, and kind of being old school she very rarely came out for intermissions or post shows um, she didn't really do that like every once in a while she would come and she would kind of sit on the stage and if people approached her like she would usually like sign stuff or take pictures or whatever but she didn't like go out to the merch table sort of stuff because sure. she just you know this just wasn't what she did sometimes Vanessa Craven would actually sell her t-shirts for her uh, <laughs> that was fun um yeah. but um 
she was sitting over on the stage and she was in a hoodie and she actually had the hood up. And I don't know if it was because she didn't necessarily want people to see her or whatever, but I had talked to her once before and I was just like, you know what the hell is that? I'm just going to, I'm just going to go over. And so I, I went over to her and I had the card and she hadn't seen it before. And she like, she thought it was so cool. You know, her face kind of actually lit up and, you know, and, and I told her, I was like, I was like, they have some, you know, if you, if you, if you want some, and she was like, she's like, yeah, I'll have to go grab some. Um, and she signed it for me. But the funny thing is she didn't have a pen and I didn't have a pen because I'd given somebody my pen and I didn't know where it was. And I was just sort of like, oh shit, I've got to get, I can't not get my Tessa Blanchard card signed. Uh, and it just so happened that, um, Charlie Evans uh, from you know Team Blue Nation was around the ring and she was actually kind of like packing up her shirts and I went over and I was just sort of like and, I, and, and it's so funny because I'm sure if I just would have asked for the pen like for her sharpie she would have given it to me but instead I was just sort of like hey if I buy one of your shirts, can I borrow your Sharpie? And like, I don't know why. I mean, but I did. I didn't buy one of her t-shirts and she gave me the Sharpie and I went over and, you know, Tessa signed the card and everything. But uh, I saw Tessa again at All In and talked to her a couple of times while we were there. And I I just so happened to bump into... um, her dad, uh, after breakfast one morning and he and I were talking and, and he was, he was great. He signed, you know, my card for me and everything. And then I went down, uh, to like the, the dealer room and she was getting a tattoo. And so like, I like interviewed her briefly while she was getting the tattoo and, uh, she was really cool. Um, but yeah, like I said, unfortunately, you know, was dumb. So yeah, what are you going to do? Alas, alas. Uh, now, uh, a couple of other cards we're talking about, of course, is an Indies Prime 2018. We got a Thunder Rosa card, and Thunder Rosa, of course, wrestled uh, for Shimmer. Not as much as one would think, um, believe it or I not. I think she did a ton of work there, yeah. Uh, only, only a few times, um, right before the pandemic. Um, she was wrestling mostly in tag team with Holiday as the Twisted Sisters. Oh, makes sense, uh, yeah. She did do a singles match, uh, and her singles match, I believe, was for the Heart of Shimmer no, no, no. It was against Shaza after Shaza had lost the title. Um, so to dust actually. Um, but she, yeah, she had a match against Shaza McKenzie. Um, and then, uh, her last match was actually, uh, for the tag team championships with Holla dead against cheerleader, Melissa and Mercedes Martinez, which of course they did not win. Uh, but Thunder Rose has done all right for herself. Um, would be great to get an update for her. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, that brings us to Indies 2019, in which case we have the Shimmer Tag Team Champions, the current Shimmer Tag Team Champions, Ashley Vox and Delmi Exo Team C-Stars. Um, great cards, uh, great art, represents them well. Um, I you know I feel like the cards are, are good. Maybe they could be a little bit stronger. Um you know, it would be great, especially because I feel like they've done a lot more over the, you know, since the pandemic, uh, to see maybe some singles stats for them even, you know, <laughs> or have, or have the cards tweaked in such a way that they could be a little bit more versatile. Cause these are obviously pretty much only tag team. Cards. Yeah. They're very tag team specialized. Yeah. yeah. Um, one other card that came in Indies prime 2019, an update that people so badly wanted myself included and someone who I saw wrestle one of my favorite matches in shimmer. And that is none other than Sue young. Um, just a, I mean, awesome card all around. Great artwork, great stats. That that was one that was just being asked for for a while. So yeah, yeah we finally put it in a poll, and she ran away with that poll for sure. So yeah, and she had wrestled, you know, for Shimmer um, quite a few times uh, early on in her career. But when she came back, 
Um, just, yeah, I, I mean, had some great, great matches. And I was there the night, um, that she main evented, uh, with Nicole Savoy, um, which was her first time back in Shimmer in, in like five years. Um, and she was, I mean, she was great. The match was phenomenal. She and Nicole Savoy just tore down the house. Um, it was great. She was, she was super cool afterwards. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm so excited that we have that card. Um, I think it's kind of one of the, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite Indies cards, period. Not just women's cards, but favorite Indies cards. I, I love it. Um, in 2020, uh, we got three cards. We got the Allison K update, which is absolutely a main event card, no doubt about it. Um, you know that's that was a poll. That was a poll winner right there. Yeah, I, I thought that poll was going to be won by Jordan Grace at that time because she definitely needed an update because hers is much more of a tag oriented card, right? And I thought she was going to get that one, but Allison K uh, took that one. Maybe we'll still get that Jordan Grace one some at some point. We'll see. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we also had the Serena Deeb card, um, which was kind of a, a throwback card. Um, doesn't necessarily represent her now, but doesn't necessarily not represent. It doesn't. Her. Yeah, it can you still know, kind can, of work. Yeah, yeah, it can still kind of work. Doesn't necessarily have some of the submission stuff that she yeah, does now on there. Um, but but I mean, it's still it's still. A good card and, and I think a good representation of her uh, as a talent. And then of course we got what is arguably the best Indies women card that uh, like stat wise ever. And that is the Mercedes Martinez, um, you know, main event card. Uh, it, this is a card that is going to be difficult for people to, you know, to knock off the top of the mountain if, if, yeah. if you put her on. Well, I think de- deservingly so. Too, oh, so. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, and yeah, then the, that's actually in that one. I will say the made Mercedes Martinez card that was the eighth card for Shimmer Five. Uh, that was all set and ready to go. And then once we heard we got last minute, um, you know, signing from Tessa and we're able to scramble and get her into the set. Uh, but the Mercedes card took a little while there, but we we eventually uh got that got that card made. And uh, I know she really liked the art there. and yeah, like you sent her some copies of it uh, not too long ago. I mean, sometime last year, I sent her a bunch of copies. Nice. And that, so. Very, very cool. Um, now, of course, after the Shimmer sets kind of halted, uh, we did start getting the Women of the Indies cards, which yeah, there was a There was a break in that. 2018, we didn't do a women-centric set, but then 2019, once we really kind of started the best of the Indies line, yeah, we, we wanted to do that annual women's set. It was it was time. We, there's women in other sets too, kind of around that time. You know, there's definitely a bunch of women in the Beyond. There's definitely women right. in the Inspire Pro. Uh, a couple of the ROH sets uh, had some women's wrestlers in it too. Um, but yeah, did not really kind of back into a full set until that 2019. We won't go through all all the best of the Indies women here, I don't think. But uh, no, 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 no. But it is worth mentioning that there are, of course, names that are included in those sets that had time in Shimmer. Sure. Um, you know, certainly not all of the names in the sets, but oftentimes you're gonna find the majority of them did because yeah i mean because they kind of pull from everywhere you know yeah yeah, you know shimmer's kind of like the 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 women's super indie if you will in a lot of ways and and hopefully we'll 
continue to be. But, you know, just as a couple of examples, I'll throw there, like Holla Dead, for instance, as a card, um, you know, uh, Chris Wolf, Chris Statlander, um, Alley Cat, um, Kira Hogan, uh, and then, you know, even kind of going down the line, you've got names like uh, Eva Lise and, and Kylie Ray and uh, Willow Nightingale. So uh, plenty, plenty of names out there, um, you know, in these in these sets. And even the, the most recent set, the international set, you know, Charlie Morgan, Jessica Troy, Hyann, um, uh, Jody Threat, and Jetta. Uh, or actually, wait, did Jody Threat wrestle for Shimmer? Now I'm kind of thinking. Yes, yes, of course she did. Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I, I have plenty of names out there in in, in the uh, women's indie sets that would fit right in with with your Shimmer Fed and kind of bring you up a little bit more current. Um, and, and including names, of course, that are in other sets like you mentioned, the Beyond set or the Inspire Pro set, which of course has that Delilah Doom card. Yeah. Um, which another person that I think would be cool to see an update for, but. Um, you know, I'm a big women's wrestling fan, um, and 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 have been, you know, pretty much since I set foot uh, in Berwyn Eagles Club for that Rise show. Uh, I mean, even before then, but especially after that, um, I, I, there's just something about those shows that uh, will always kind of be special to me. And I hope I get the chance to go back to one because I haven't been, you know, in in like almost three years, uh, more than three years. So it would be it would be fun um, to to go back. Hopefully, they'll run again. We'll see what happens. I know Dave is doing other stuff. With like MLW and um, just, you know, doing Dave things. And uh, I, I think it's a testament to, you know, his abilities and, and Alice in Danger, uh, you know, and the whole crew um, that, that has worked on those shows, um, you know, since the get-go or pretty much since the get-go. Uh, and, and the talent, uh, obviously, that has come through there has been pretty incredible. I mean, we didn't even get the chance to talk about, like, Becky Lynch, for instance, as Rebecca Knox or, or Paige um, as, you know, Brittany Knight and, and you know, some of the, the, the names that have gone through there and just kind of have really built legendary careers afterwards in, in the history of pro wrestling. And quite frankly, when you look back at the at the full time of Shimmer, women that have had legendary careers in Shimmer, like Mercedes Martinez or cheerleader Melissa or Nicole Matthews and, and so on. So um, I think it's awesome that we were able to do those branded sets. Uh, I think it's great that we can kind of continue that legacy with the, the women of the Indies sets. Um, it, you know, obviously when Shimmer started, there re- really weren't a lot of places that women could go to wrestle, at least not wrestle and be taken seriously and right, right. not, you know, not wrestle with, you know, on a show that was only women. Um, you know, now there are promotions that do that. Now you've got plenty of Indies promotions that have women's wrestling in, you know, high profile spots on the card that aren't just under card or bathroom break matches. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's great. I love where women's wrestling has gone. Um, I, I can't wait to see, you know, where it goes from here. And certainly, you know, my hope uh, is to try to find ways to bring in even more international talent um, into the game. Something something I'm working on. Uh, and, uh, and, and we'll see what happens. But I, I think that it's, it's just a testament to the talent that we've already gotten that, you know, it wouldn't take much for you to run a women's fed and have an awesome time with some awesome talent uh, with the sets that have been released by Phil Singer Games. Absolutely. No, it definitely, I think we've done justice to, to women's wrestling for sure with everything that, that, that we do. Yeah, without a doubt. And, uh, and I think we've done justice, uh, more than justice to these sets. Obviously these, you know, these shows are always a little long when we dive deep into the sets, but we like to, you know, we like to, to get as much out there. We didn't even get to really talk about some of the other stuff. There's an interview card that's included in, uh, the booklet, um, for the first set. There's also some special matches that are included, uh, including the, the four-way match, um, 
you know, there's there's some other stuff that uh, that's out there in those booklets. So uh, I'd say, you know, for the first the first booklet, is it just the first booklet or is it the second booklet as well? And I think there's a couple matches in throughout. I'm looking yeah. right now. Yeah, I know the, 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 and I know I think most of those I pretty much had a hand in a lot of the specialty stuff in there. Like the, I think that's the first time we had like the four way match was yep. uh, was in there. Uh, the because that's interview- definitely a shimmer specialty. Shimmer specialty, we wanted to include that. Yeah, the uh, other yeah the interview card. The I know Amber Gertner because I, yeah. I I met her. She came to King of Trios and we were kind of you know friendly throughout the weekend there. You know because uh, uh, we I think we had a table right next to there, so I was talking to her a lot. We're like oh, we got to get you you know somehow in there, and she was thrilled uh, to, to to be involved in that. Um, and I think there was maybe a couple other matches maybe throughout there. It may have just been like the first two sets. I'm looking right now, but uh, but yeah, glad to do do some of those. Uh, throughout there but you know just overall just glad to have uh you know shimmer represented here and and, and so cool that you know dave brazak's been such a great supporter um of phil singer games throughout the years too yeah, we should get that guy on the show i think we should yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely um well uh i you know i will say that if you do want to uh check out more about shimmer of course you can visit their uh, website um and uh there is now uh, shimmerwrestling.com by the way uh there's now of course obviously streaming for them as well streamshimmer.com um you know, lots of lots of great stuff uh, over the years. Uh, lots of great talent, recognizable talent that has come through uh, there, and uh, lots of great matches uh, as well. Um, I love the fact that they have been able to, you know, expose Western audiences to some incredibly Joshi talent. Um, Hikaru Shida uh, is someone that I met and and have a Polaroid with actually uh, from one of her weekends there, um, and, and that just scratches the surface. I mean, you, you know, Aja Kong obviously has been there. I mean, Aja Kong. I saw Aja Kong. At the Berwyn Eagles Club. I mean, come on. You know? <laughs> uh, so, so uh, uh, always, always a great time those Shimmer weekends. So, if you're ever in Chicago or you live in the Chicago area, if you've never been to a Shimmer weekend, uh, and they do run again, uh, I can definitely say it's worth your time. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you'll, you'll have a good time. So, um, that kind of wraps up our main event. I don't think there's much else to cover. Uh, I don't think there's much else time that we could possibly. No, I don't years. think so. Um, but uh, before we get out of here, Todd, any updates from Fed HQ? Uh, let's see. We're going to continue on the prime, uh, prime week this Friday with, uh, some legends prime releases or, uh, you know, announcements. And uh, then we'll have another, at least another one more week of, uh, teasers for the, uh, for the, the new sets that are coming out. And, you know, we're, we're trying to get everything done, uh, to get out by the end of May. It might leak into early June. We'll see. It's definitely, uh, you know, some of the artists maybe take a little longer than than we thought to kind of get through. So, uh, you know, it might, it might bleed a little bit into June, but we're going to try to get it out as soon as possible out to everybody. Right on. Um, well, uh, that is certainly all that I have uh, as well. So we're going to go ahead and get out of your ears. But thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you to everyone that responded recently to the Star Wars episode. It was a lot of fun to hear everyone's stories about getting into Star Wars, staying into Star Wars, what they've seen, what they've liked, what they haven't liked. Uh, I, I've been meaning to go and engage a little bit more on the on the thread. Um, just haven't had a chance to with everything that's been going on around here. So um, I do apologize for not 
not taking the time to do that. But uh, thank everyone for uh, for taking the time to to write back and listen. Uh, we always appreciate it. Um, thank you, of course, to all the other wonderful content creators out there, including um, our our friends over at Uncharted Territory. They've been doing a lot of fun stuff and gave us uh, uh, sort of a, a glimpse at some of the things that they've been doing. Uh, I know that that Chad ran a match the other day that sounded like it was absolutely incredible. Uh, I won't say any more than that, but, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's always, a they, they had time. a bunch of stuff on there collecting and talked about champions That's of right. the galaxy collectibles and things like that. Uh, yeah, I had a couple of comments kind of, you know, coming, coming out of that. I know they're saying, you know, what sort of some of the more popular cards, obviously, you know, just to kind of respond to some of that here. I know the draconian Sheik and Johnny rocket are always up there. The, uh, um, bust up and Necros. I don't think they touched on that one where like another mm-hmm. promoter exclusive PT, P3 and Tyranny. Those tend to be the ones that people want. Uh, but now really it's going to start being all those early black and white sets for both legends and champions that are out of print, not getting printed. I think those are going to continue to be uh, popular. Maybe not, uh, uh, you know, maybe more people do have them, but as newer people come in and kind of want to, you know, the collectability, I mean, a lot of those guys are just not available. Right. um otherwise so um yeah early i was trying classics. to think if there's any was that early classics early oh and then early classics of course of course yeah. so yeah so those are definitely the things that, that, that tend to pop up as as those top uh uh Singer games collectibles uh for sure yeah well, well, I think sure they we'll... did. They did mention a couple other cards. I think they mentioned like the creative character cards. Like, oh, you know, those those might be re- now. I still have those. And if you want the creator character cards, you can still order them uh, too. <laughs> so, you know, Kati and uh, Theater of Pain and and uh, those guys. Yeah, we still we still got copies here at HQ. Nice. Um, well, uh, I, I know that, uh, we'll probably do another episode on, uh, collectibles and our collector's corner, uh, soon enough. Um, sure. and, uh, it'll be a lot of fun to do probably around the time of Galacticon. Cause obviously, you know, prepping kind of for the auction and maybe, maybe talking about a couple of things that might be, uh, at the auction. But, um, I mean, it, it, I, I feel like for me personally, just watching over the, you know, the past year or so, it does seem like there's been even more interest, uh, over the past year or so in, in kind of the collectability uh, of the game than, than there has been, you know, in, in my memory. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, there's other things too. I mean, everything with the card boom kind of came right. up and, uh, I know there was a thing, um, for a little while people were like, you know, saying, Oh, what's the rookie card. And some people were saying that the Darby Allen, of all four card is his rookie card right right which is kind of weird but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was definitely some interest in that uh for well, sure same thing for that. the czw card for mjf i saw that yes. for that as well yeah that's another big yeah. one too yeah that's his kind of his rookie card yeah even before so it yeah, does that card as a rookie card i don't know you know it's, <laughs> it's, it's not really a you know, general trading card shape and all that but, eh. i i the beholder yeah. i suppose I, I the beholder exactly um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I haven't had a chance to listen to the full episode yet, actually. Um, I've been a little behind in my, in my podcast listening, but, um, I'm sure I'll, I'll finish it up here this week, uh, before the next one drops, hopefully. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I you know I, I just want to thank everyone again for uh, for listening and for taking the time to comment and for producing great content. Uh, we will be back next week with uh, an interview, I believe, but not the hopefully, one you're expecting. Hope, not not the interview you're expecting. <laughs> hopefully, that one uh, will come at one point. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I, you know, one thing I will say, uh, I, you know, I don't want to go into full details. It's not my place, but I will say that there is a very good reason that we have not gotten to that interview yet. And, 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 you know, everything, all the communication has been wonderful and fantastic. This is not a case of somebody just kind of like, you know, blowing us off or giving us a cold shoulder or ghosting us or anything like that. It's just the situation as it is. And, and, and I have nothing but good things to say about, you know, those involved with, with our other interview that has not yet happened that we have been talking about. So don't, don't think that, you know, anybody's like, you know, doing us dirty or whatever. Uh, uh, no pun intended. Um, so uh, next week, though, we might have a really cool, interesting uh, interview. Uh, I think all signs point to that happening. Um, not going to say who because uh, I don't want to jinx it. But, but uh, in the meantime, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we all need some sleep. Uh, I need to write some more FTR. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. In the meantime, keep the dice rolling, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Roll Up. Roll <laughs> Up.